Howdy, howdy, do who fans? Welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And this is episode 258. Oh, yes. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Our lives are different to anybody else's. That's the exciting thing. Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. You may be a doctor, but I'm the doctor. The definite article, you might say. The trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems not a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. For now, for this moment, I am the doctor again. The ground beneath our feet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour. And the entire planet is hurtling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour. And I can feel it. We're falling through space, you and me. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect. But actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I could be a curator. I'd be great at curating. I'd be the great curator. <laughs> I could retire. I'm the doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years, and not all of them were good. I've made many mistakes, and it's about time that I did something about that. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Howdy, howdy, do who fans? I hope you've all had a cracking week and that you've all managed to do something. Something, Doctor, Doctor who, who related. Related. Oh yes. Oh yes. Well, well, we're in a well. bit of a conundrum. <laughs> Everything's changed, dude. I know. It's all a bit. Um, I tell you what. Watching Twitter and Facebook over the last twenty-four hours or forty-eight hours has been amazing yeah i've never i've never seen so many um to be fair bar a couple of little incidents i've not seen that many huge arguments kick off which is surprising i've got to admit um yeah we kind of knew there was going to be a massive reaction i expected it to be a lot more divided than it is Mm. um which is not a bad thing actually it's really nice to see uh, a lot of positivity especially considering i would say it was a pretty controversial thing that that happened um so yeah it is uh yeah it was i knew it was going to be a fun night on twitter after the episode it certainly didn't disappoint but yeah it was it was a uh, it was a much more positive reaction than i was expecting mm. yeah yes which is good yeah mm. and it kind of uh well we'll get on to our review in a little bit we've got lots mm. to talk about obviously after the timeless children and stuff but uh, yeah, it's just it's just one of those show one of the going to be one of those reviews where I think we're just we're still going to be left with lots of unanswered questions. Oh yeah, and lots of <laughs> stuff in the like hanging up in the air and stuff. But yeah. 
There we go. Uh, we've got a cool show, uh, show coming up. We've got some news bits to go through as usual. Some very interesting merch, which we will try and uh, get to the bottom of in terms of... I think this is the most ridiculous we've seen in terms of pricing for merch on the show. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm just thinking, what does he mean? Oh, yes, that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. so we'll, we'll get onto that. And then, of course, we're on to our review of The Timeless Children. Before we get cracking on with all that gumph, though, remember to subscribe to the show. It lands every Friday, so don't miss that. Just whatever app you listen to podcasts on, just do a search for us. Or head over to the website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. There's buttons there that will take you off to all of those things. It'd be great to have you as a sub on there. If you've got a minute, if you could leave a rating and review, that would be awesome also, because that really helps us out lots. And we're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just do a search for the Big Blue Box Podcast. You'll find us on there waffling and arguing. No, not really. Right, waffling about Doctor Who every week. And follow my co-host on that stuff as well, The Geek's Handbag. Indeed, yeah. Yeah, we do love to chat who? Indeedy. Yes. All the time. Yes, non-stop. Yeah. Why are you on your phone? I'm chatting who? <laughs> get off <laughs> your phone. Alone. No, yeah, I'm not. Like, get off your phone. That's my other half. That's the impression of my other half. Why are you on your phone? <laughs> no. no, I read you. What have you been up to, bud? You done anything, Doctor Who? Well, actually, I'm, one thing I'm actually delighted about, um, anyone who listened to last week's set will know that I said how gutted I was going to be to be missing... This week's, last week's, uh, well, the final, uh, go out live um, because of work. I knew I was going to be finishing late. I thought there's no way I'm going to get back in time to watch it. Uh, so I was really sad about that. Um, by some unbelievable miracle, um, I got out of work on time, but I don't know if the train times were different this week or whatever, but I had 12 minutes to get from work to the train station, which I tell you is the bare minimum. I normally allow 15 <laughs> minutes at the absolute minimum. I thought, can I do it? Because if I do, I will get back literally as the episode starts. I thought, can I, can I make it? I tell you what, I'm not one for running. Anyone that's ever seen me in the flesh will know I'm not built for running. I don't really do running. <laughs> um, but man, did I run to get that train. And I w went through the barrier and literally stepped straight on it as the doors went beep, 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 <laughs> and shut behind me. And uh, yeah, I actually managed to get back. Literally, th well, this is the only time that I've been pleased that Blimming Countryfile was running late <laughs> because I got in, switched on the telly. I think the weather bit was on. And they were like, anyway, thank you for watching Country File. I thought, yes, get that wine open. I'm on the sofa. Doctor Who's about to start. I, would t I was just so pleased to make it back because, I, I mean, yeah, it's normally impossible uh, if I'm working a Sunday to – well, it is impossible. Um, so I don't know how I did it, but I did get to see this going out live. I was – just so thrilled about that because I felt like I was then part of it you know like I said I love going on Twitter and Facebook straight after the episode see the reaction I just love that and um, if I hadn't got back I would have been back an hour later so I would have sort of been an hour behind everyone watching it and then an hour behind the reactions and all that stuff so so yeah I'm very pleased about that and uh, I've watched it again this morning so I've given it a second watch because well there was a lot to take in. I really needed to see it again uh, before we did our review. So that's that's been all good. Um, only other things I've done this week, uh, really, um, is I started listening to the Psychic Circus, the big Finnish audio, Seventh Doctor. It's kind of a follow-on from um, Great Show in the Galaxy, which is a story I really like. So I'm only two eps into that, and I'm absolutely loving that so far. Um, 
it, I, I've always loved that story anyway, so I think it's really cool that they've done this this sort of follow up to it. Um, McCoy's just brilliant on audio. I really do love him on the Big Finish stuff. Um, great. Well, I love yeah. it. Love his doctor anyway. So I'm halfway through that. Hopefully, finish that off maybe later today. But that's really good so far. And what else happened this week? Oh, I had a little a little parcel arrive, um, which was the next. You know these vinyl sets that they do. Uh, they're like big mm. chunky box sets. Uh, so the last one was the Daleks, uh, Evil of the Daleks, I think. Um, this one is the Paradise. What's it called? Gosh, I've lost everything. Paradise of Death and the Ghost of End Space, isn't it? So two quite unusual Radio mm. Two plays have been sort of released on vinyl um, in these beautiful sort of collector sets. So I got the limited exclusive version, which is the Spectral Splatter. And Space World Splatter. (laughs) I am reading this off the box because I can't remember. (laughs) Um, And that's beautiful, mate. You know the ones I mean, don't you? I just love the artwork on these. And uh, it's a really, really nice set. Um, So that arrived, which was good. Uh, Just always love it when a parcel turns up. It's always (laughs) nice. I always feel my week's incomplete if something hasn't arrived. Do you know what I mean? So that's my little treat for the week. Nice, dude. Nice. Yeah, I'll get some pics up on Facebook. It really is. I, I love these ones. I, I do tend to go for the um, Amazon exclusives just because they get the nice uh, variations on the vinyls. So they're always quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been my week, really. Um, yeah, I haven't really done a lot else. I'm afraid it's all been work and they play. But yeah, yeah, I'm glad I managed to get a few bits in and obviously glad I got to see this guy live. Felt like I was part of the, part of the gang part watching of the thing. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Experiencing in it along with everybody else at the same time yeah. is always good. Yeah. I'll read you. So that's been me. What about you? Uh, yeah, not too much, dude. Uh, I was in Wales at the weekend. Oh, Ca- yeah, I saw, yeah. In Cardiff, and I thought I'd run into the FP, the FP store that they have there on the main high street opposite the car. So it's not the ForbiddenPlanet.com. It's the other Forbidden Planet International, I think it's called. Yes, and, I know, uh, yeah. 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 And uh, just more shocking, more shocking Doctor Who. I saw your pick. It was quite depressing, actually. The little merch, Doctor Who merch con. It's worse than the one in the big Forbidden Planet, the other store. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit bit sad, wasn't it? Some of that merch is so old. I was going to say, yeah. So they've got some of the old plushie. I I don't know if if I picked them up in the pick that I put out, but uh, they've got some of those plushie toys. And I'm pretty sure they're from the Matt Smith era. Yeah. That when they brought those out, they've got a little weeping angel, a little TARDIS and stuff. And I'm I'm 99% sure that they that merch was released during season uh, series six or seven, six or seven, something like that. Yeah. And they've still got it. And it's uh, and they're so dusty. I mean, I wouldn't buy one. I mean, they're covered in dust. <laughs> Honestly, mate, it just looks really bad. That They had a couple of Jodie uh, 13th Doctor um, little toys and figures in there, but... They didn't even have the new stuff, did they? They didn't even have the new TARDIS, did they? No, no, it was... Not that you old. would have bought it. No, no, it was... <laughs> and it was all old. It was... I just couldn't believe it. I was like... that. They had, the, they had the same stuff in there as when I was last in Wales. <laughs> the last time I was in Cardiff, which was, uh, I don't know, July last year, August last year, something like that. Mm. And, um, yeah, they've still got the same... They've got a mug. They've got, like, this, this TARDIS sort of tankard glass jug thing and they had that in there the last time i was in there nearly a year ago and that's yeah. still there on the still shelf there. and it's just yeah, so di- i think we just have to accept the fact mate that until they pass the license over to somebody other than character it's just going to be like this until they change it up 
I know what you mean. I'm, I'm always surprised when I see you're in Cardiff because um, I've only been to Cardiff once. I had such a cracking couple of days there. I absolutely loved it, but it it was so far away. It took me sort of so long to get there that that's the reason I've never been back because I'd I'd love to go back. Oh, that and the train fare is so expensive. Ah, okay. yeah. It's so expensive um, for me to get to to Wales. Um, but I love it. I I absolutely love it there. So whenever I see you're there, I'm always surprised. I'm like, how what? Because you're not close to it, close to it. But I suppose you're closer than me, I guess. We're closer now. How long now. does it take you yeah. to get there, roughly? Yeah, so where, where we lived before, it took us about three and a half hours drive. Mm. Where we live now, it's about two hours. So yeah, it's doable, isn't it? Yeah, Not too bad, yeah. And my wife, she drives a lot for work. So mm. she's used to being in a car for a while anyway. So, yeah, we just love going there. We were meant to go for, she was meant to be doing the St. David's Day run. She was meant to be doing a 10K run yeah but it was cancelled due to the weather but we just went anyway we just thought well we've paid for the hotel you know we'll just go anyway yeah Uh, so that was all cool but the only thing is it still tears me up is not having the experience to go to down at the bay did you go down to the bay not this time no oh right okay because i hear that it's been um i'm not sure but i think i read that the where the experience was you know there was just like a husk a shell Mm -hmm. Um, of the the sort of building because it was quite an unusual shaped building the doctor experience um i heard that that's been flattened and it's actually now just been reduced to zero uh, oh yeah it's yeah is it just a car park now oh so you haven't even got the shell to go and lay a little reef down it no i love it down on the bay though it's torchwood isn't it i bet when you whenever you walk into cardiff bay you just hear the and you have to look up in case jack's standing at the edge of a building ridiculously looking cool in his long flowing coat is jack up there is that jack is that jack up there looking all moody as the camera sort of circles and pans around i do i love it around there if i lived um i tell you if i lived anywhere near it even like you said if it was couple of hours i'd be there all the time i i've been longing to go back ever since I was there. It's just such a cool place. And it's, uh, I'm sad that the other place that's gone is um, Ed's Diner, which they filmed a lot of stuff in, didn't they? Uh, 11th and 12th Doctor stuff particularly. Um, that was, I don't know, there was something magical about going in there and knowing it had been used as various things, um, like Clara's Diner and all that. And <laughs> But it had a TARDIS toilet door or something. I can't remember, but it's such a cool place to go. And I know that's not there anymore. Um, but I would still love to go. One day I shall One go day. back to Cardiff. I yeah. will, because I just loved it down there. Yeah, um, it's a great place. Yeah, we go like... It's a great place, yeah. yeah. We go a handful of times a year, I suppose. But. I've always wanted to go to Sarah Jane's house. Um, I know that's not in Cardiff. It's it's out of it, isn't it? It's off the beaten track. It is, yeah. But that's that's on my list of places <laughs> to go. Yeah. I mean, there's quite a lot of... Even if you're just walking around Cardiff, and even if you're not down at the bay... You kind of stumble, you come across places that were used in, the, especially the RTD era. Mm. We were walking down the high street and then you come across the big shopping arcade entrance and that was used in rows. You know, the bit where the autons are breaking out of the shopping center. Yes, yeah. And they come outside into the street at night. Uh, during filming, they obviously put a red um, telephone box and a London bus in the background and stuff to That's make it right. look like London. Yeah. But you just come across things like that and you're walking past things. You're like, oh yeah, that was the bit. And then... Uh, Further around town, there's like the high street, and it's the bit where a tenant tries to draw money out of a cash point, and then Donna goes off and gets a cab, and he's running down the street. You, you go, you say, so you just naturally come across loads of bits like that. 
it did that's absolutely true because i remember the first day we were there obviously i was itching to just walk around and hope to start to see stuff and yeah i spotted loads like the literally within half an hour be there i was like oh my god it's the queen's arcade this is where the autons were and mm-hmm. i walked around the corner and then it's like oh that was where rose worked that building i was it's just the excitement levels of just walking <laughs> around card if the first time I went were, were um through the roof i just yeah i just loved it um i'll tell you one place i don't want to go though is um where they filmed trap street you know uh, that that dodgy little alleyway that they <laughs> go down apparently it's absolutely reeks i know friends that have like tracked down <laughs> And they they've like taken pictures of it, and it's full of like filth and stickers and dirt. And it, they said, "Oh, it's horrible!" Like, who found that location? For goodness' sake! Like, even back then, it must have been awful. Imagine Peter Capaldi turning up and be like, "Yeah, so you walk down here, Peter. We're going to put a bit of blue screen cloth, so don't worry, it'll look great on screen." <laughs> and he's walking down there, and the thing's smelling of pee, and oh, lovely. Yeah. yeah so d- yeah, that's one location I've. I'm leaving till last. Yeah, I'll give that one a miss, yeah. Trap Street Alley, yes. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's what I've done, mate. A little bit of Doctor Who, having a look out first. And I was, as you go, just lastly, as you go around Cardiff as well, they have a lot of shops that you wouldn't expect to have Who merchandising has that in there because of the connection between making Doctor Who in Cardiff and, you know, shops and stuff. So you'll be walking yeah. past a shop. And there'll just be a random TARDIS in the window. Not for sale. It's just there in the window. Um, so it's cool spotting things like that as well. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I love it when people when when that happens. Like You feel like it's everywhere. Everyone's embraced it because it was yeah. filmed there sort of thing. Oh, yeah. man. The last time I went there and the, the experience was open, there was just so many people. Like, you'd, we'd go to the experience, and obviously you'd see lots of Who fans there. Mm. But then like an hour later where you've left and you've gone to get something to eat, you just see people walking around in TARDIS hoodies and Doctor Who t-shirts. Yeah. And it's, it was such a fabulous, it was, oh man. Uh, and we covered the story, didn't we, last year? It, on one of our shows last year, we covered a story that said that they were reopening a similar thing in Cardiff. Not like a full-blown experience, but they were mm. going to do a, a slightly trimmed down version, I think. And it was going to be in Cardiff somewhere. Yeah, But that's, that's right, not yeah. seen the light of day. We've not heard anything yeah. about that. And that's over a year later, so... Crushed under the carpet, isn't it? I don't know what's happened to that. Heartbreaking, mm. dude. Mm. But yeah, anyway, I haven't done anything else really other than watch this a couple of times that we're going to review, The Timeless Children. That's about it, mate. Yeah, how many times have you watched it? Twice. Twice. Same yeah. as me. Yeah, yeah. I had to get another watch in. I said to you earlier, like, when we were trying to arrange a time to record, I was like, I've got to watch this again before we record. I can't do it on one watch. <laughs> Way too much yeah. information overload, yeah. Well, that's it, mate. You have to get a bloody college degree to understand. I, I've got some two of it. pages of notes <laughs> just <laughs> scribbled down. Yeah, just like yeah, unreadable. Of course, my writing's terrible. This oh. is the thing. I make all these notes, so when we come to record, I'm sort of half looking at my pad, half talking to you. But I can't read any of it. I don't even know why I bother because <laughs> it's kind of all in my head anyway. I think it's just prompts. It's just a yeah. yeah. I know you have yours on your computer, so you can actually read mm-hmm. it. But um, yeah, I'm not that organised. Digital age. No, I've just got an old TARDIS notebook. <laughs> yeah, I can see you just knocking about with your notebook, putting on your physical big finish CDs. Yeah, exactly. I'm so old school. Yeah. <laughs> I the... will not move into 2020. <laughs> will not. <laughs> oh, dear. Mm. Right. Anyways, shall we land this and do some news? Yeah, let's do it.
Right, viewing figures for the last couple of episodes. So we've got confirmed official ratings now for uh, last week, Ascension of the Cybermen, and overnights for Sunday's just gone. So Ascension of the Cybermen, that finished up with 4.99 mil. Oh, just, just under. under. Oh. We were robbed there. Mm. If only those few more people who had said, oh, Doctor Who's dead to me. <laughs> last year on if any of you had just come back and had a look it would have been okay so it finished up with yeah so let's round it up so let's just say five mil, five mil uh, yeah. for that one uh what did it do so top for the week also ant and deck saturday night takeaway is now back on the tv and mm. that rakes in a mass so that's like 8.7 million that's that still 8 point million? gosh yeah that mm. goes mad and uh call the midwife the other bbc program Mm. That raked in eight mil as well. Uh, the good news, though, is that the appreciation index score has gone up another notch. So we're up to 81 now, which is great. That's good. So it was 78, I think, early on in the series. We're now back up to 80 last week, and now we're 81 on this one. So uh, that's very, very cool. So five mil there for Ascension of the Cybermen. And the Timeless Children, the overnight figures, were 3.78 million for the overnights which uh, represents around 20% of, of TV in general for, for mm. a Sunday night, so it's not too bad. And you had Dancing on Ice over on ITV, which 4.14 million, so a little bit over there. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but there we go. It's, um, we'll get the final figures on Monday as usual for, for, the, for the finale, part two, The Timeless Children. But for, so far, it's fairly consistent, I would say, throughout Series 12. It's... You know, we've not had crazy figures and we've not had terrible ones. It's been fairly overnights of always, you know, around three point something mil. And then when you get the confirmed, that ranged from four up to five something. So not too bad. Not too bad. No, it's consistent, isn't it? I mean, I wish it's not exactly back to the glory days of, of viewing figures, but it's, yeah, like you said, at least it's, um, it's been sort of the same every week isn't it so at least it shows that people those three point something million are enjoying it and staying with it so it just slightly irks me that the antiques roadshow beat us <laughs> that's just such an old i don't know is that the old, i don't know anyway yeah like you said consistent uh right moving on to some great news though um doctor who escape rooms you ever done one of these i haven't no i've heard they're pretty cool though I've not done a dot two well. I did a sort of World War escape room. My neighbours took me to one last year. I didn't know what to expect because I was like, oh, I don't know if I like the sound of this. Locked in a room and got to find clues to get out And because you are actually locked in. So they did a Cyberman one, didn't they? A Doctor Who one last year, I'm guessing. They did, unless, yes. Which um, I really wanted to go to. I never got around to doing that. I think you can still do it. But they're launching a new one, or at least it's just launched, called A Dalek Awakens. Um, which is going to be going live in Reading, Birmingham, Norwich, and Basingstoke. And it says, players will step aboard a doomed spaceship invaded by fearsome the fearsome Dalek. Oh, is that just the fearsome Dalek? I like that. It's a bit like the Lone Cyberman, isn't it? The fearsome Dalek. This age-old enemy has trapped into the ship's power system and is preparing for a path of ruthless extermination. The only way for teams to stop the Dalek is to shut down the ship's power. By shutting down the power, the players also shut down the ship's life support system 
and will save the crew on board. Teams of up to six are given 60 minutes to solve the puzzles, resolve the impossible situation, and prevent catastrophe before the time runs out, and extermination is guaranteed for all. <laughs> now, this sounds brilliant. Um, anyone who has ever done it, Skate Room, so basically you, you, you are actually locked in. You're locked into a room. It's like a set, so it's, you know, it's all dressed with, I'm guessing it'll be dressed like a, a Dalek spaceship, which sounds awesome and then you have to solve all these clues like literally clue after clue normally to get into another room and then another room to eventually escape that's how it worked in the one i went never done a dot two one so i'm not quite sure how that works but the whole idea behind it is brilliant and it does feel very real because obviously you know you're not in any real danger but the fact you are actually locked in the room and you've got to solve all these clues and you're against the clock you know it it's it they're really good fun um even as someone who doesn't like the thought of being locked in a room it gets a bit claustrophobic i loved the one that i did and uh, the thought of doing a doctor who one um especially this one i think this sounds brilliant i mean the cyberman one looked good but this dalek one um i don't know just the thought of having this this the dalek on the poster he's all sort of He's got like a, a bauble missing and wires hanging out. He looks a bit destroyed. And I don't know. I just think this sounds really, really good. A um, little bit limited, I know, I guess, in terms of where you can go. So, like I said, at the minute, just Reading, Birmingham, Norwich, and Basingstoke. I don't know if this will roll out to other escape rooms. But uh, yeah. yeah, what do you reckon? Is, that, is this sort of thing? I think you'd love this, actually. Yeah, it looks awesome. This yeah. is the sort of thing, if me and you could get to one, me and you together, this would be fantastic. I'd love to do this. Yeah, this would be cool. So um, Birmingham uh, Birmingham is uh, on the 9th of March. Uh, no, sorry. Um, the Reading one is from the 9th of March and the Birmingham one is from the 11th. So we can go to those ones sort of any time, I suppose. Uh, and yeah. then Norwich and Basingstoke are later on. But um, we could double whammy this in Birmingham, dude, um, because they are bringing back Collector Mania. You remember the Collector Mania yes, events by Showmasters? Yes, I do, yeah. So they're bringing the Birmingham one back um, uh, this year, I believe. So we could actually, we could go and do that and the escape room, but that'd be a wicked day. So when's the Birmingham that one? Would, that'd be amazing. Yeah, so we've got plenty of time to plan it. So in September, uh, you've got Collector Mania at the NEC. We'll do that and the escape room. That'll be a wicked who day. Yeah, we should try and do that because, um, like you said, that would be... That sounds like an awesome day out. Yes. <laughs> I just imagine me and you just in this. The, the one that I did, the clues were really hard. Um, luckily, I had some, <laughs> the neighbours that were with me were, were pretty on the ball <laughs> and they managed to solve quite a lot of them. Um, so I don't know. But I reckon with our new Hollage, dude, we should be able to, yeah. we should be able to rock this. Five minutes, we'll, be, we'll have it done. We'll want our out, money back, yeah. please. <laughs> imagine <laughs> if we get in there and it's like, that Dalek looks a bit familiar. That's, a, that's not old Dalek Tat. He ain't got yourself a job, has he? He's in, moonlighting. In game room, yeah. He's oh. moonlighting the cheeky little. Mm. But yes, that does sound very, very good. It does sound cool, yeah. And we'll put a link in the show notes to the website. You can if you go to escapehunt.com forward slash doctor hyphen who, you'll be able to book your tickets there. It's 25 quid per ticket, which is uh, not too bad. Not too bad, not yeah. Not too bad, yeah. Uh, right, yeah, that's it for news. Talking of grumpy pants, Dalek Tat. Should we see what he's got merch this week? Oh, I suppose we better have a look. Merch corner. Merch corner. Merch corner. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. Well, there you are, young man. What do you think of that now, eh? A Viking helmet. I know, it's on the telly. It's everywhere. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. I work in a shop now, here to help. Dude, would you like to be dressed in some 
refined, very British, it's a uh, very British uh, branded line of Doctor Who clothing. Yeah. Yes, please. I have got £25 in my wallet. What will it buy? Well, for £25, you could buy a pair of socks. Can I actually, does that even, do they actually have any of that cheap? <laughs> they do, indeed, oh. yes. Oh, good. Okay, yes. I'll take a pair then, please. Depending on what fabric you want, of course. I'm talking oh. about a new collaboration between Doctor Who slash BBC and one of the royal brands, Corgi which was established over a hundred years ago. And it's, uh, I think it's, I think the, I don't know what to call her, the CEO, the, the manager, the ambassador. I'm not sure. But anyway, princess Anne, who was obviously in veiled and who's obviously connected to the Corgi brand. So anyone who doesn't know Corgi is like a, she's just on the end of the table, just taking the money. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very British, um, uh, brand that's linked to the Royal, uh, family it's got the royal crest and everything like that and um yeah so they've gone into partnership with the bbc and doctor who to bring out a line of doctor who clothing and now these are very luxurious high-end uh clothing lines for doctor who and i have to say this is potentially the most overpriced ridiculous line of doctor who merch i've ever had to report on the Mm. show the reason for that is because if you were to wear one of these things it doesn't matter which one it is you would never know that you were wearing a line of doctor who clothing in the first place no so you can buy a cashmere cotton striped jumper i mean this is the only one out of the lot that you would think is that a doctor who jumper i think so and it's it's jody's stripes you know that she's got across her t-shirt that she wears it's that, but in a sweatshirt form, basically. And this is cashmere and cotton. And that will set you back 290 British pounds, which is crazy. What? The other things you can get, they've got socks. So you can get Doctor Who women and men's socks. You can buy them in cashmere and cotton. They'll set you back 40 pounds a pair. 40 pounds for a pair of socks? Yep. Yeah, or you can buy the wool and cotton, and that will set you back 19 pounds a pair. So with your 25 quid, mate, you could get a pair of wool and cotton socks. And they've also got the striped scarf as well. And again, they do a cashmere one, which is 280 pounds. Or they do a lamb's wool one, which is 190. Or for the peasants, you can get a cotton one, which is 99 quid. (laughs) Even 99 quid. I mean, what the heck? Um, see, I saw, I, I noticed Jodie wear this. So she wore the blue scarf last week. I noticed this. I was like, oh, hang on a minute. Suddenly, suddenly out of nowhere, the doctor had got this scarf on. I th- and I only spotted it for one scene. I could be wrong. <laughs> it's just, she just suddenly had a scarf on. I think it was last week or maybe the week before. And I thought, oh, doctor's got a new scarf. Surprised no one's mentioned that. Clearly someone had said, oh, there's a new range coming out. Jodie, for this scene, bung this scarf on. Because we need it on screen for three seconds so that everyone has to go and buy it. So when, when this is announced, they thought, oh, there's that scarf she's wearing. Oh, I might get one. How much is it? Two, 280 quid for a scarf? Are you, are you having a limit? I don't care if it is cashmere. Um, I don't care if it's delivered by Princess Anne out the back of her van. Oh, oh, man, the prices are just, like you said, I mean, like... You know, socks for goodness sake. Who's gonna uh, next time we're at the BFI? Am I gonna say, "Oh, Gary, let's have a look at your socks, mate"? Are they the uh, official Doctor? Who? <laughs> Is the prices are crazy? They are. I, yeah. mean, I, I mean, if you've got the money, great. 
that that I could go to Spain for 290 quid and have a nice little couple of days in the sun. Indeed. Yeah. Well, with, with Ryanair, but you know. <laughs> well, well, that's the thing. You know, this is aimed at obviously a certain market. Well, it, okay? yeah. It's aimed at the more yeah. higher end, more kind of designer. You know, if you've got money to throw away, or if you're just, you know, if you earn, if you earn decent money and you like spending that on sort of designer clothes, and you you, you don't mind spending a bit of money, this is obviously mm-hmm. for you. So the the range was designed by Ray Holman, who was the costume designer for for Jodie's. Uh, costume on screen and uh, he says i chose to work with corgi after visiting the factory and seeing the high quality materials they use and the beautiful products they create as a small company in the heart of wales the craft of knitting is still very much alive and we are able to use these skills in the creation of the jumper socks and scarves uh, it's been a pleasure to work with corgi and create such a wonderful range of garments for the doctor so um yes don't go it's okay like i said if you've got money to just fling around and stuff it's all good but the only thing is if, if you're a casual doctor who fan you'd walk past everybody wearing this and not even blink you, you wouldn't even know unless you kind of saw the stripy bit on the jumper i suppose mm. then uh you might link that or you to be honest with you you'd probably think oh that looks a little bit like the t-shirt that jody wears you wouldn't initially think that's an official doctor who thing yeah so, especially the socks what are the socks about I don't even uh, know what that colour scheme is from Doctor Who. It's like a bright turquoise and bluey kind of colour. I don't even know where those colours originate from in Doctor Who. Mm. The only people, <laughs> I know there'll be <laughs> I know there'll be people I know people love screen accurate. Like this is you know, sexual cosplay, they love the screen accurate stuff. I can imagine they would go for this. They would pay that because you know, they want the one that's by the designer. So fair enough. But for me, I'll stick to the Twenty pound Levante one, <laughs> exactly that, mate. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. If you got some money, or if you just if you just had a birthday, and you've been given some money for your birthday mm-hmm. or something, or your other half is a bit high maintenance, this could mm-hmm. be this could be for you. Imagine putting that on your Christmas list. Oh, Santa gets it. Oh, what does he want this year? Well, I want Corgi the... Doctor Who. What? <laughs> I he want wants the... the scarf. He wants the jumper and the socks. Exactly. I want the trifecta. I don't want you to skimp. I don't just want a twenty pound pair of socks. Thank you. That'd be a grand, wouldn't it? Imagine where, imagine buying one of each and wearing it down the street. You'd be wearing about a thousand pounds worth of clothes. Get mugged. You would. Boy, mate, just uh, got a light. Yeah, give me that scarf. <laughs> <laughs> give me that scarf. Yeah, like a rough old like. Give me that blood. Oh, hold on. Oh, hold on. Yes, uh, this this is the scarf that Jodie wore, isn't it? In the uh, and then you have a conversation about Doctor Who and your best mates. Yeah. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's a little bit out of my league. Uh, that one. <laughs> a little bit. Something I probably will be buying, though, um, which is next on the list, is Doctor Who. I am the master Legends of the Renegade Time Lord book, which is coming out. Um, so I think they did a missy one of these. I remember picking up mm-hmm. whenever yeah. that came out. Not, wouldn't be last year, would it? A couple of years ago. Uh, and that was quite a good book from what I remember. God, I haven't read it for ages, but I liked it at the time. So they're doing one with our new master on the front cover looking absolutely dapper. Old Sasha. How do you say his surname? Dewan? Uh, I want to say it right. Sasha Dewan. Sasha Dewan. Yeah, I think so. Dewan. Yeah. yeah. Um, looking very cool with a very evil grin on his face and he's got his waistcoat on and stuff. And the blurb says, everything you know is a lie. Uh, which is, of course, his line. The Doctor and the Master, their conflict of light and dark has spanned many times of faces across the universe. This collection of five short stories and a novella explores the depths and darkness 
in the master's hearts. The arch schemer's secrets and sinister ambitions revealed through brand new adventures and encounters. It says, join six incarnations of evil for undreamed of adventures, a quest to free alien warlords, a dangerous mission to save a vital alley, a meeting with Bram Stoker, a shattering of lies on a distant world, a trial of wits to gain untold power, and drop in on the master's latest incarnation during his 77 years of imprisonment on Earth. So this does sound like a cool book. Um, let me just get the price for you, because I think the other one was about nine ninety nine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So recommended retail price is twelve ninety nine, but you can get it for around a tenner if you pre-order it. It's coming out in July um, this year. So yeah, this is a pickup for me. I, I like this sort of stuff. Yeah, it looks cool. Going to pre-order this one. I probably won't get the 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 hard cover or the actual book. I'll probably just Kindle this one. Yeah. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Yeah, but uh, I love the cover art. The cover art looks amazing. It's very nice. Obviously, yeah. I'll be buying the physical product to put next to my big finished physical CD. Of course, you will. Yep. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that that does look good. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, I'm loving like you said the cover and the style of the master. It looks really, really cool. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's uh, these these books that feature like a bunch of short stories. They're they're perfect for sort of pick up and put down. Uh, so once you finish one of the stories, you can sort of put it down for a couple of days and pick it back up. So that's cool. That's right. Yeah. So we go. And that is out in July. Yeah. Sometime in July, that'll be out. You can order it from, you can pre-order from the usuals, Amazon, etc. Right. That's it for news and merch. Review time, buddy. Let's get into it. What we got? So yeah, obviously the conclusion to series 12, the second part called the timeless children. Gallifrey doesn't exist. It's gone forever. Two survivors, two children of Gallifrey, the Doctor and the Master. We don't stand a chance here. We are stuck on a ship, stuck to Cybermen. The course for Gallifrey. Look upon my work, Doctor, and despair. The Master was one of my oldest friends. We went very different ways. He killed them all. I told you before that everything you knew was a lie. Well, now you get to face the truth. We're going to find the Doctor, and we're going to take them Cybermen down. Today, you have to survive. Brace yourself. This is going to hurt. Old Reese knocking it out of the park with the trailers again. I was going to say, another great trailer. Yep, go and, Gallifrey 97. Yeah, go and check him out on YouTube. Gallifrey Forever 97. Very cool. Very, very cool. Thank you very much for that, dude. Right, the Timeless Children, the wrap-up to everything that the Chibbers has been boasting about for the past year <laughs> uh, is upon us. So it was, of course, broadcast on the 1st of March. It was written by the Chibmeister General. It was directed by Jamie Magnus Stone. Uh, pretty sizable supporting cast which is a follow-on from the Ascension of the Cybermen episode. And the the kind of gumph, which you all know, is Gallifrey is now... We'll come on to this. But Gallifrey is now supposedly dead. The Master has killed all of the Time Lords slash Gallifreyans, whatever you want to call them, and is now in cahoots with the Cybermen. He has killed Ashad, or shrunk him down, shall I say, has taken over the Siberium, and has created a race of 
Time Lord slash Cybermen, Cyber Lords, Time Cybers, Time whatever uh, people with kind of uh, uh, infinite regenerations. So these are like the perfect soldiers and stuff. He's going to take over the, the whole universe, you know, usual master stuff going to take over the, the galaxy, the universe, whatever. And, uh, and it's down to the companions, basically, to rescue the Doctor and try and save the day while the Doctor is imprisoned and is going through a bit of a, a, bit of a, a walk down memory lane thanks to the master. He's basically hacked into the Matrix and has uncovered a bunch of memories that no other Time Lord has ever found before in the Matrix, I might add. And it turns out that there's a very big secret around the Doctor and where she's from and all that stuff, which, uh, yeah, kind of turns the law, the core sort of law of Doctor Who on its head a little bit and Mm. creates a new big question mark and absolutely solidifies the doctor who once again in the show so yes right then mate what you got well apparently this episode was written by the same person who wrote the battle of ranskor af <laughs> which i find very hard to believe because whereas that was a absolute bore fest of a final <laughs> this was for me edge of the seat gripping television i as i said earlier was very pleased that i managed to get back to watch this live i did have my notebook to hand but i didn't make a single note on first watching um because i was absolutely engrossed in this um i thoroughly enjoyed it it did leap by the time it finished it left me not knowing <laughs> where i was or how i felt about it i knew i enjoyed it i thought it was a really good hour and 10 minutes of television i really did think it was great but it did also leave me completely conflicted on how i felt about it if that makes sense mm. especially the timeless child reveal which um i kind of saw on the cards but until it was absolutely cemented and confirmed on screen i just didn't know right up to that point whether it was going to be that but still don't quite know how i feel about that particular part of the story but all i know is that i really did think this was a a great final and despite when obviously we'll get into the details of the timeless child and all that, but despite what I feel about that particular element of it, one thing I've got to acknowledge is when you become the showrunner of Doctor Who, you want to put your own stamp on it. You've got your own ideas of what you want to do. And this show has been on TV for a long time. It's got to try things. It's got to progress. It, it can't stay the same. So Chibnall, Right or wrongly, he's decided this is what he wants to do. Um, I think I remember saying to you back when Series 11 was on the screen that, you know, I kept saying to you every week, didn't I? Chibnall's finally got his hands on Doctor Who. Where's his, where are all the ideas? Where's his master plan? Like, you know, any fan that, that loves Doctor Who, if they got given the chance to produce the show, would have a million ideas bubbling in their head of what they wanted to do. They were, you know, they've probably been writing fan fiction for years. If they got the chance to produce that, you know, that's how I felt about Chibnall. And I was like, where was that in series 11? Now I understand. He's kind of done this first series, kept it fairly safe. I feel this is the thing that he's wanted to do for years. That That's the only thing I can, you know, that that's what I'm guessing. You know, he's, he's 
he's thought to himself, if I was to, you know, write Doctor Who one day, what would I want to do with it? And I feel this is it. He's done Series 11, done the safe series, hoped to get new people on board. Okay, it didn't work. But I feel this is the Chibnall's master plan that he's wanted to do. So, fair play. He's done it. Um, It will divide fandom. It has divided fandom. It seems, from what we've seen, mostly positive. But, uh, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that quite yet. I'm looking forward to talking to you more about it. But um, but as an episode overall, uh, I thought it was very good. Very good television. Um, yeah, I did enjoy it. What did you think? Yeah, I'm with you on that. It was a, a great piece of television for sure. Mm. And it was a great finale, a great wrap-up to Series 12. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm I'm... I was so, con- like you, I was so conflicted after I watched it mm. because of just, uh, and it'll be interesting, a couple of our audio reviews, which we'll get onto later from our listeners, mm-hmm. uh, some of them are very not conflicted and oh, are right, okay. very vocal on um, <laughs> on that stuff. And, uh, and yeah, it's just, it's one of those things that I'm so glad that they did something because... Uh, I mentioned when we kicked off series 12 back in, I can't believe it's over already, but uh, when we kicked off our series 12 reviews, I did say that I feel like Doctor Who needs a bit of a a kick up the bum. Mm. And it, it, you know, it needs a little bit of something because we can't keep going round in circles, telling the same story over and over again, especially when you factor in characters like the master and the Daleks and the Cybermen you really need to start injecting something because let's not get it twisted. We've done okay for 50 plus years. Mm. We've done all right, but there's never a sure, there's never a guarantee is there. If you think back to when Andrew Cartmel and McCoy and all those guys were doing Doctor Who back in the day, they'd been going for so long, probably thought, you know, we're good. (laughs) You know, we're, you know, we've got a home at the BBC, you know, it's, we were all good and then they get axed so it's never it's never a surefire thing you can't just keep rolling along the tracks at the same speed doing the same thing going around in a circle so the fact that a we've seen a, a, a very good twist on the cybermen is very cool and the fact that we didn't see any big hoo-hahs with the daleks is very cool although we will get them at christmas and thirdly, just the entire thing around the timeless child thing and the whole where the doctor came from, which we still don't know really. There's still, even though no. it kind of gave us an insight into into the doctor pre Hartnell, we still don't actually know where the doctor's really from. Because I mean, that's one of the bigger things. Like all the quotes, mm. you know, that we've had over the years, like "I'm the doctor," "I'm from the," you know, "Constellation Casturbus," you know, all that stuff. That's doesn't mean anything now because although the doctor in theory is from Gallifrey, the not, the doctor's not really from Gallifrey. Let's be honest, you know? Mm. So all, <laughs> all of that really big top level stuff, the, the law of doctor who, which is now, I wouldn't say has changed because we didn't know enough about it in the first place. So nothing's really changed. We've just got like an injection of extra information that we didn't have before, mm. but it's just, you know, so, I, I love it in that respect. I love that from here on in, from series 13 onwards, we've now got all this extra stuff that 
they can play with and they can write around and do all that stuff. So we don't just, you know, keep doing the same thing. So that's all good. Mm. Um, but yeah, in terms of a finale and an episode of Doctor Who, it was, it was brilliant to watch. It was, like you said, like worlds apart from Avcolos, oh, like apart. completely the other end of the scale. Because mm. when we reviewed that one, we were just like, what, is, what has Chibbers done? What has, he, uh, what has he done to Doctor Who? But now it's like, what else you got, dude? Well, that, that's the thing. This this opens up. So it answered quite a few of the questions we had, but it also opened up so many more. But I think that's the whole idea, isn't it? That he's sort of given himself another sort of a, another um, area of Doctor Who that he can explore now. He's opened up another door, isn't he? Yeah. By by doing this, so he's got like you've just said, he's got so much that he can explore now with this. So I kind of get why he's done that. Um, you know, we still don't know a lot about Ruth doctor really we still don't really know where she fits into all of this and i'm kind of hoping that gets explored a little bit more um what's the other guy's name the irish guy you Bre- know the brendan. policeman brendan yep. i'm still even watching this again this morning not 100 percent clear who he was or what was going on there with the guy getting you know uh, they, his memory erased and stuff and i don't know if you've got any answers to that i'm still not 100 percent sure what that was about um so I think that could be yeah. explored more. There's the whole matrix matrix thing where it's been, they can only get out to a certain point before it's all blocked and even the master can't get into it. So who's done that, you know, and why? There's So there's lots of questions there still to be answered. But I'm hoping with Series 13, now he's got this sort of out of his system. I'm kind of hoping we get back a little bit more to the Doctor with one companion just going out and exploring the universe a little bit. I feel like we just need some fun now, a little, you know, we don't need to explore too much about the Doctor anymore. Let's get back to just the Doctor landing on a planet and an adventure with a companion. But let's maybe have some of these threads picked up on, you know, so that the the story continues. Because there's a lot of answers there. There's a lot of questions there I want answers to still in terms of this, but I don't want it to be the big thing anymore. I think uh, hopefully that's been done and we can, I just want to sort of get back to a slightly simpler Doctor Who with series 13. Um, but I'd like to see some of these threads sort of continued as well. If you see what I mean? Yes. Yeah. I'll read you. And there's, um, yeah, there's uh, a lot of questions that are unanswered still. Yeah, so, I mean, even watching it today, I was still quite confused by certain parts of it. Yeah. And it does open up a lot of, <laughs> you know, this is the thing I loved about going on Twitter and Facebook afterwards. You could say, well, hang on a minute. Like, the one big thing is, well, if the roof doctor's before Hartnell, why does she have a police box TARDIS and the same sort of interior? So there's things like that, which I don't know if we're ever going to get an answer to that. I, th- I think he, that will be purposely left to your own interpretation i might be wrong he might give us some answers but there are things like that it has opened a massive can of worms whilst also sort of answering a whole can of worms from the whole of doctor who's history i mean i'm just going to say now i absolutely screamed when i saw the the morbius doctors appeared on screen they are now that that's part you know i love that question has been answered they yes (laughs) they are the doctor you know i loved that part of it so it sort of answered a load of questions. It's the whole thing about the Doctor being more than a Time Lord from Silver Nemesis, you know, you could just sort of bring anything into canon now if you wanted to. I mean, I love the Cushion movies, so I'm now I now think that you know <laughs> there that is an alternative Doctor. That is the Doctor. Um, 
So it's it's answered a lot of questions whilst also opening a whole can of worms of contradictions. And it's, uh, it's a brave thing to do, I have to say. I still don't know how I feel about it because I just love Hartnell's Doctor so much. And I will always think of him as the original, um, the Doctor, I just because I just love Hartnell's Doctor. And I don't want to take anything away from him. But I think, like you said, this doesn't necessarily do that. This is just opens up a lot of interpretation if you want it to. If you don't want it to, then it doesn't really change it. I don't know. I'm still very, very conflicted about that because of how much I love Hartnell's Doctor. So, mm, yeah. yeah. But I kind of like it. Maybe it was the way it was done. I, I just love this concept of, you know, this child being found and the, the whole regeneration. I, I think it's a really interesting idea. I've got to be honest. I don't know if I love it, but I do. I do find it very interesting. Yes. No, I agree. And I think, um, yeah, I think it just depends on how you view the future versus the past as well. Because if you're, mm. if you're one of these people that are kind of set in stone, it's like, nope, Hartnell was the first doctor. Nothing will take that away from how I feel about that. Yeah. And also the, the whole theory around regeneration and time travel, you know, we've, we've been drip fed these stories for, for so long now that the time Lords were, uh, you know, they were just born as regenerative people, beings, whatever. You know, they weren't, this wasn't a scientific experiment. You know, this was just like, that's who they, that's just as a race of people. That's just what they do. You know, they were born as to regenerate and all that stuff. So we've had all of that for so long. It's become the norm, hasn't it? For so many people, for so many years. That's just what Doctor Who is. Yeah. It, you know, it's that. So when you have something like this, which is a bit of a, bit of a massive curveball to throw at you late in the day <laughs> of course it's going to be like oh i don't know so i think a lot of who fans are like us at the moment mate it's like yes it's a great idea and it's it's fantastic because when you translate that into a great episode of who like this one it's really good and it you know it injects a, a lot of change into the show but on the other hand you have got that legacy of 50 odd years of amazing storytelling which they've built on and built on so all of a sudden it feels like the rug's been pulled from under your feet a little bit, just a little bit, you know, it does feel a bit. So yeah, it's, it's a conflict, isn't it? It's like, I love all that. I love all of classic who, and especially Hartnell, he is the doctor, the first doctor and all that stuff. But then you fast forward in time, we're in 2020. It's like, well, like the doctor, you know, the show has got to move forward and regenerate in some shape or form so that we can still tell stories for another 50 odd years. We can't just kind of, keep i'm going to come back to this i think quite a bit throughout this review mm. but we can't keep just retelling similar stories about the doctor and the monsters and stuff so uh yeah but change is good change change has got to happen in order because if you think about some other tv shows that have been on over the years obviously none of them can't compare to the length and the breadth of storytelling we've had for who for so long but if you think about even some of the more popular tv shows they only run a certain amount of time. And the reason for that is because ratings just start to go down and down and down. Not in the same way that Who has in terms of popularity. I'm, t I'm, t I'm talking about um, content, like storytelling. You know, yeah. a lot of TV shows, they just start to drift away because they're telling the same story or a similar story around the same group of characters for a while. And people just naturally just drift away. And then it's just like, well, people are not watching it anymore because... You know, we're just not 
giving them enough change and enough, you know, cool stuff to get their teeth into. So they end up just being axed or cancelled. So in order to stop that, I think the Chivers has kind of, maybe that was a decision early on. Maybe that was like, look, you know, like you said, we're going to try something new. We're going to get some of these cool things, what we consider to be cool things out of the way in Series 11. But then in Series 12, it's probably around the board table with the BBC just giving you a heads up now <laughs> that you might see the odd tweet at the end of series 12 <laughs> from from who fans about what we've got planned so well that's yeah. that's kind of what I was alluded to at the start isn't it I think he, that's what I mean I think Chibnall he's come on board he said this is what I this is what I wanted want to do with Doctor Who um and they obviously said yeah go for it you know um I can totally understand why people would be upset you know, from this, but I also feel like I, I must admit, if you'd have told me the storyline before I watched it, if you'd have said to me, you know, this, the doctor's going to turn out not to be Gallifrey and this, I would have said, Oh no, 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 don't do that. But something about the way it was done and the way the episode was produced and the sort of idea I bought into it more, a lot more than I would have done if you'd have told me about it beforehand. You know, I, I think if you'd have said to me, this is what's going to happen, I would have said, oh, God, no, I don't like the idea of that. Um, but but it kind of worked a bit for me, I think. Um, that's why I said I'm very conflicted because I, in part of me doesn't like the fact the Doctor's no longer from Gallifrey and stuff. I think, oh, you know, even just saying it out loud, it just feels a bit wrong. <laughs> but then I just yeah. like this idea that the Doctor has always been different. Um, we've had so much sort of conflicting information over the years about the Doctor, which is added to the mystery, but this kind of has answered that, but still somehow added another mystery to the Doctor. So the Doctor's still a mystery. So it does kind of work for me a lot more than I feel like it should, if you know what I mean. It, it, yeah, that's why I'm yeah. so conflicted. It it feels like it's all, it's wrong. It's, it shouldn't be, no, you know, leave it as it is. It doesn't need to be changed. But then... But then it's the curiosity in me just thinks, yeah, actually, I quite like this. So who who was this child that was abandoned? Who abandoned the child? What were they doing at the bottom of this portal? You know, you know, it's, it's it, I don't know. That's part of me just can't help but like this idea that the doctor sort of is more than a time lord, which has been alluded to over the years. So exactly that. Yeah, might, yeah. I don't have a problem with it as much anywhere near as much as I thought. I would, if that makes sense. I almost feel like I'm battling myself. I'm a bit like the master. I'm sort of <laughs> so I'm sort of battling my own conscience, really, because yeah. part half of me is saying no, it's wrong, you know, and the other half saying yeah, but it's quite good, isn't it? <laughs> so I don't know. I'm so in the middle on this. I really am. Um, yeah, all I can yeah. say is that when it comes to enjoyment, I just really enjoyed the episode. You know, whatever my feelings are about certain aspects of it, and it wasn't perfect. There were things that I thought were a bit, you know, we, we didn't work sort of thing. But overall, I just enjoyed the episode so much that I just really, I think what I'm trying to get to is that I've just gone with the flow with this. Yeah. Um, as much as part of me wants to fight it, <laughs> I just enjoyed it so much that I am just going with the flow. I think, okay, fine. Let's, Let's see how this pans out, really. Yeah, and yeah. I think you have to, to a degree. I mean, I, like we said, there's going to be lots of people that don't like this. And I've seen, yeah. I saw that. Not as much as I thought, actually. But No, I, not I, as much as I thought. I thought it'd be going yeah. mad um, mm. on Twitter. I was amazed at the positivity for this. Apart from, I know our good friend Matthew from The Who Addicts really didn't like this. Yeah. He really didn't like this. He didn't like the idea of it. He liked the episode, but he really didn't like the 
the whole time the child thing and um and i totally get why why people wouldn't mm-hmm. um so yeah but i was surprised i thought there'd be a lot more 50 50s most of the stuff i've seen has been very positive towards this so yes yeah. yeah but i think it's a case of look if you don't if you're not on board with this this new direction it's not even a new direction is it i mean let's be honest now yes it does throw up in the air a, a bigger mystery because like you said we've alluded over the years we've alluded to things like is the doctor half human is he half yep. time lord you know we've had that stuff and uh but the thing is that there's only so much that you can do within the current structure of the law before you have to start sort of over over messing with it anyway if that makes sense so mm. over the years especially in modern who we've always had stories that kind of creep into where the doctor is from on Gallifrey and what they were like as a child and and that stuff we saw it in the day of the doctor didn't we with the whole mm. um thing we've we've seen um uh just various little uh pointers that say okay and and also it leads into the whole number of regenerations as well you know we've had this maximum of yeah 12 that's the stuff. other thing isn't it so what that's the other that's <laughs> the other thing i thought when this happened was so that whole bit in matt smith's last episode when he was begging them for more regenerations <laughs> or whatever i do you know to this day i've only watched the episode once mm-hmm. um what's it called time of the doctor is it when they're in the village of christmas yeah is that right yeah and he's I really, really old must go, yeah yeah i really must go back and rewatch that because that one they gave him another load of regenerations so, so where does you know there are things that sort of conflict with this idea but i think you can sort of find ways around so any sort of problem that's thrown up somebody on somebody has found a sort of way around it i think that's the thing it's opened up so many questions and yeah. contradicts so many things but there are ways around it oh, i just don't know because that's the other thing isn't it you know the bit where he gives river song some of his saves her doesn't he yes. with his arm and all that whatever story that was um there's so many things that sort of don't really make sense anymore but I guess you could kind of make them make sense. I don't know. Yeah. And you've also but, got, that does answer some other little things. I mean, like in the, uh, on the other hand, like when, when tenant started to regenerate, but then he forces all of his region energy into his hand. Mm. It kind of explains moments like that as well, because it's a fighting hand. <laughs> yeah. Cause some people think, well, has he wasted a regeneration there? Cause he's yeah. kicked off the process. He started to regen, but then he sort of aims it all into the hand. So that's, is that a regen down that we didn't, you know, it's a, all of those little things like that around regeneration. It kind of, on one hand, it answers the question there. On the other hand, it doesn't because. So I mean, it just opens up another can of work. Like does, <laughs> so how many regenerations has the doctor got left? Well, now? that's the thing. We don't know now, is, do we? Is, does because, it, is it infinite? That's well, the other thing. Cause I don't like the thought of that. Cause that takes away a bit of the, the danger really i know it means the show can go on forever which is great but i don't know the doctor only having certain amount of regenerations kind of just adds a bit of danger there although you could say because there's this thing now isn't there that if you sort of kill the doctor at a certain point before he gets a chance to regenerate he could still die so you've still got that yes because otherwise the yep. doctor's invincible isn't he she well they yeah <laughs> so that, that's the thing that i do like about this mm. change to the law actually is because when we had that episode with Matt Smith and that was the whole crack in the wall thing, right? And Clara's like begging the time law. She's like, help him, you know, 
Oh, Clara. Do you remember? Yeah. And then they send through like a fresh set of regens to him, doesn't he? Don't That's they? right. That's yep. what we thought. Yeah. So he regenerates and then reset button's been pushed. We're back to 12 regenerations, right? So that's the cool thing that I do like about this law is because how many times can you try and figure that out as mm -hmm. you're going through? So I don't know. In however many years' time when they've cast other actors and we've had more doctors and stuff, what do you do when you approach that 12th? recast or that 12th regeneration how do you then try and write another reset button in, into the story it's like yeah he was saved that time before by the time lords in the crack in the wall how are we going to fudge it now to give him another set of regenerations you know you just that's what i mean uh, what i said earlier you you all you do is go round in circles to a degree mm. you're just kind of writing yourself into a corner and that's what they said back in so we had that cool scene in this episode where you know when she's in the Matrix and she kind of like forces this big sort of flashback sequence to yes, try and break which out. Was, of it. I thought it was an amazing moment. I even watched it again this morning. It was yeah. chilling. I thought it was brilliant. The Doctor Who scene kicked in, and oh, I'd love to just freeze frame every shot and see what was in there because it felt like everything was in there. Yeah. So yeah. one of the key things, though, and one of the little flashbacks that were actually stayed on screen for like a a microsecond longer than the others was the scene in the brain of Morbius yeah, where the doctor's facing off against Morbius, obviously. And uh, um, I think that that that's key to this whole thing because back in the day, uh, uh, Phil Hinchcliffe did say that they were, they were aware that by doing that scene in the brain of Morbius, that was a big, that threw a big implication on how they wrote future stories and doctors from that point on because they essentially at that point said right we're telling you as you're telling the viewer that the doctor's got a 12 regeneration limit you know so um i think that was key in terms of saying right this is what was set up for doctor who in the past and we acknowledge that or chibbers acknowledges that mm. and then you've got the interim thing with matt smith being gifted another set of 12 regenerations but where do you go after that you can't there's no other way unless like some unless they write in some magical thing that happens to the doctor in another 12 generations time and you know like i said you can't keep writing the put the reset button mm. you, you know. can't have the doctor fighting you know getting to, to the end of his next sort of 12 regeneration could be like fading up time as oh i've done it again i've died 12 times uh, any chance of another set yeah. of regenerations you just you know you can't keep doing it i suppose but on the uh, but sorry it, on the flip side though mm. i said that i do like that bit the other thing that i'm not so fond of is now every single alternative doctor and every single face that's been shown is now the doctor right because in that scene in the brain of morbius when the doctor's re re regressing back in his in his memory and we mm. see those random faces appear it's that's probably now a confirmation that they were the doctor they, yeah well that's what i'm assuming yeah well they were and then you've got things like ruth she's obviously a previous doctor pre-hartnell i think that's confirmed well that's the thing is no. she yeah where does she fit in she's got to be previous because otherwise jody would remember her yes yeah yeah. So that makes her before Hartnell. But then that's the whole TARDIS thing then starts to annoy me. I'm like, well, how does she get, <laughs> why has she got the police spot TARDIS when, because in Unearthly Child, the, the doctor sees the TARDIS hasn't changed. He's like, dear, dear, dear me, why is it still a police box? And so we're thinking, oh, that's when the chameleon circuit broke. 
So why does Rooster... That's what I mean. You're, you're opening a can of worms, and yes. I don't know. That's why I'm so conflicted on it. And also, I just... It does open up to there just being millions of doctors running around out there. And I don't know why that bugs me, but I just kind of like the... I, I like things kept simple, so I'm like, no, no, yeah. there's just the 12. You know, like in Day of the Doctor, where he's like, all 13 of them. And he's like, yeah, it's the 13 doctors, you know... The five doctors are together, but now there's millions of them running around out there. And I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that. I'll be honest. I don't know why it bugs me, but it does. <laughs> it's just like, oh, so we've got millions of doctors. Because you could <laughs> you could theoretically have, like, every time the doctor gets in trouble, like she does in this story, you could technically have one of the other doctors that we've never met before, or Dr. Ruth just popping in and saving the day. You know, oh, I... I knew this yeah. was going to happen, so I went back in time and I made sure I was in the right place to save you or tell you that bit of information at the right time. It just seems a little bit like, I don't know, you've just got millions of doctors running around that could save yeah, the universe yep. every day. It makes it a little bit safe, I suppose. <laughs> Indeed, and it's clear yeah. that, that Chibnall watched a ton of Rick and Morty before. Oh, that's what I was trying... Yes, I knew there was something I was trying to think of. <laughs> Yes, because that's, that's exactly it. It's basically every episode of Rick and Morty. There's like an infinite number of Ricks in infinite yes. number of universes, and he just hops between them. You know, so it's clear that he watched that a lot before that's he wrote. Really the story. bugging me where I was thinking of that infinite yeah. characters just turning up and save the day. Of course, it's Rick and Morty. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I mean, in terms of like larger, big questions. When you boil it all down to its essence, we are now back again to that mystery, that mystery around the Doctor. So yeah. the, the whole thing, the, the, the show is called Doctor Who, right? And from, for a few years now, we've been diving deeper and deeper into discovering and finding out who the Doctor is. And then the more you go down that road and the more you try and figure out who the Doctor is, you take the mystery away, all that stuff. Now we're back to even an even bigger mystery. So like he's no longer a native Time Lord or a Gallifreyan, whatever. It's a completely different person from God knows where, God knows when, from who, we don't know. So in that respect, it does kind of, you know, opens that question up again. Like, who is the doc? You know, so that's cool in a way. That's what's, cool. what's the reveal shocking, though, when the master said, come on, doctor, it, the child was you. Did you sit there and go, oh. <gasps> Or were you like me a bit like, oh, right. Because, I, I mean, I think that we just were kind of expecting it to be the Doctor. If anything, we expected the twist to be that it wasn't the Doctor. I mean, yeah, yeah. so did you, yeah, was your jaw on the floor or was it a bit like me, a bit like just, just sort of a nod of, yeah, I thought so. <laughs> like the reveal didn't feel as big as I think it was supposed to be to me. I kind of felt like, oh, yeah, so it was the Doctor then. Um, and there was, and the music as well. And I specifically, specifically noticed this this morning. There's no big dun 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 or clang or. <laughs> there's actually very little music, which is obviously on purpose. But when he says it, there's no sort of sting or, or big dun dun. You no. know, it's just there's nothing at all. It's kind know, of almost like let that sink in. Do you know what but, would have worked really well there? Is um. You know, the Four Knox music from Murray Gold, you know, when Wilf taps on the glass. Yeah. And that music sort of goes into, it sort of winds down into that sort of kind of like sinister tone as mm -hmm. the doctor looks around at him tapping on the glass. We, we, that A bit of Murray Gold in there would have done wonders. Come on. I just, yeah, I was just surprised how understated yes. that particular yeah. reveal was. And I didn't know if it was because I kind of was like, well, I 
figured it was the doctor or or was it supposed to be a kind of yeah let that sink in i don't know but were you surprised or were you like me a bit like well okay um no i wasn't surprised no the only thing that threw me was the title of the episode i'll be honest with you timeless children because yeah, yeah the timeless children would suggest that there are more than one obviously so the doctor is the timeless child but throughout yeah. the entire story and the, the way the master describes you know that, that there, there's about two or three scenes where it's just the master telling the doctor mm. the history of everything as he's going through the the archives in the matrix he always refers to the timeless child as in the doctor's only the one like the doctor is the one being that's kicked it all off sort of thing mm. so the title of the episode that threw me because I thought, are they referring to Gal- like the people of Gallifrey as the timeless children? Once that they had learnt the, once that Tectoon had sort of worked out the, how to regenerate, is all the children from, at that point on timeless children of Gallifrey? Is that the kind of thing that the title alludes to, or was it there are more than the Doctor out there? So is there like a race of people like the Doctor we haven't seen yet? who can naturally regenerate. Mm. I'm kind of hoping not, you know. I don't really want to go that far into it because I I don't know why. I just don't – yeah, I (laughs) want it to just be left as a mystery that, or at least left a mystery for a very long time before that's picked out on. I think I just read it as the Timeless Children is just the Doctor because – it's children because she keeps regenerating and so we're getting lots of – I don't know. I I just read it a different way, but I get what you mean. It does imply, again, it's open to a lot of interpretation, isn't it? The other thing is, do we believe the master, though? I kept thinking this all the way through. You know, the master's not the most trustworthy of people. <laughs> like, we yeah. are just kind of taking his word for everything. He could have gone into the Matrix and just set all this up. It could be, everything could be a lie. So that, I think, again, is a get-out clause for any future showrunner that might want to wreck on this. Um they could just say, well, the master was lying, obviously. obviously. <laughs> of course, the doctor's from Gallifrey. So there's, you know, you could totally change this again if you wanted to, if another showrunner didn't like this. A bit like, you know, every showrunner so far has sort of done what they wanted to do. Like Russell got yeah. rid of the Time Lords. Moffat brought them back. Or no, actually RTD brought them back, didn't he? But yeah. do you know what I mean? Each showrunner can do what they want. And this, again could just all be turned around if you wanted to but but yeah we are kind of just taking the master's word for it even the doctor just seems to believe every word he's saying um yeah. and i just don't know is that is that good is that a good thing are we to just believe everything the master says well as the viewer as the doctor i don't know well it's uh it's a tricky one isn't it because it would take i think it would have taken a lot of work for the master to fabricate all of that stuff within within the matrix but having said that he does play the long game doesn't he 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 mm. does uh, he was imprisoned on earth for what 70 odd years yes so he does he does play the long game he has time to manipulate and and do this stuff so you never know i mean i i did that did cross my mind and i saw a lot of people tweeting that afterwards where mm. they were like well there's no guarantee that this is a thing. You know, this could just be, I mean, we could, when we get to the the Christmas or the new year's day special later on in the year, we could have a bit where Chippers is like, ah, I had you all there for a minute. didn't I?" (laughs) So I don't know. It could be, 
I don't think so. I think it's too much of a big bombshell to drop and then say later on, actually, no, I didn't mean, you know, it was a, a oh, ruse, I didn't mean it. a ruse yeah. by the master. I think, um, and the other reason I think that is because, um, as it was portrayed so brilliantly by Sasha day one, I think just the amount of rage when he figures out that a part of the doctor is in his genetic makeup. Mm. It's part of him. Basically. I think that's so convincing that he, he hates that more than anything in the world because they've been like enemies and nemesis, you know, for forever. Um, you know, that, I, that's what sells it to me is yeah. that the the master's reaction is too. He's so upset by himself. I think that's what sells it, isn't it? You sort yeah. of think, well, he's not lying because he's genuinely furious <laughs> that he's discovered this. And the bit where he's like convinced he's broken the doctor and she's not. It's it's his reaction to the story he's told, isn't it? That kind of makes you think, well, he's obviously telling the truth because he's he's actually furious that the doctor's taking this so well. You know, he wants it to break it. So, yeah, no, I don't think the master is lying, but it did it did cross my mind at certain points of the episode that the Doctor takes his word very quickly. She doesn't challenge what he's saying very much. She just thinks, but yeah, no, in my head, it's totally true. I, I think the master for once is telling the truth, but, you know, it just crossed my mind a few times that this is the master. You know, we should be on our guard a bit more here. Um, yes. yeah. And I mean, while we're talking about the master, I do think, Sasha really does play such a big part of this episode. I'm not saying he carries this episode, but my God, he's really forefront in this episode. And it did surprise me how much of a backseat the Doctor has taken in this two-parter. Yeah, I thought that Um, there there was a couple of scenes where, I mean, let's not get it twisted. He was phenomenal in this one. Absolutely phenomenal, yeah. In terms of... He did a bit of a Q&A on Twitter the other day. Mm. And I think a lot of people said to him, did you watch previous masters or previous actors who played the master and try and base it off them? And he said, no. He said, I'm a, he said I was aware of their performance, obviously, because I'd watched them, but I wanted to do my own take on the master. So the, which is so good because if he tried to be like John Sims, which is a bit of John Sims master in a little bit, that kind of, yeah, uh, that crazy, psycho, yeah. slightly sort of um, conflicted fighting with himself side of the master is definitely there. Yeah, so there's like um, little bits of them there, but in terms of his performance, there was a couple of scenes where I thought, especially on the second watch, I thought, oh, Jody, why didn't you absolutely freaking go for it at that? Like, there's a bit where she kind of faces off against him, where he's he's annoyed that, like you said, she's taken it well. Mm. And then she sort of leans in close to him and she's like, as it cured all the rage or something. And yeah, there was just scenes like that where I thought, look, it, <laughs> he's stealing the show right in front of you. Mm. So just be louder, be like more aggressive, you know, just grab I, I, on the second watch. I was almost like wanting to pick her up out the TV and shake her and just like, come on. Like, mm. you know, you're the doctor, you know, this is about, this is all about for, for the first time in series 11 and 12, this is all about you. This is not about the companions and their storylines or anything like that. This is about you. So just freaking go for it. Just absolutely go for it. And I was, don't get me wrong. Her performance was, was good. It was, mm. it was good. But when you put her next to, to Sasha, it's like freaking hell. There's no doubt about it. He stole the show. Yeah. 
I mean, you just can't deny that because he was just so amazing in this. But I'm not saying that to take anything away from Jodie because I do think she was really good in it. I thought she was very mm. good. I was just surprised how little the Doctor was in it. You know, she's... I mean, she looks like she's been put through the ringer in this, you know, which is what's supposed to be happening. So that's good. But I, I know what you mean. Uh, there are scenes in, I just you just wish she'd just give that little bit more fire in the belly. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I totally get what you mean. Um, but... No, I, I was just more surprised how little the Doctor was actually in the episode. It felt like she was placed in that sort of prison, put through the ringer quite a bit, and then just sort of comes up at the end and saves the day. And, and well, it, she doesn't even actually, because that guy steps in and actually does it. Um, but, yeah, I was just surprised how much the Doctor has taken a back seat in this two-parter. But the thing is, because Sasha was so amazing in this one i didn't really notice until i was re-watching it again today i was thinking actually doctor's not really doing a lot in this you know yeah uh, it's all down to the master um it's, he's kind of yeah really forefront yes and he's really taking it by the horns and going for it yeah. um so i do know what you mean but uh, sasha is just so amazing in this like every scene like, as well every <sighs> scene that he's in he's just on fire like you could I don't know. He was just one of just one of those performances will be remembered. I think he'll be remembered as the master in Doctor, even if he doesn't appear in the show again. Because that's another thing that's been thrown up in the air, isn't it? Is that when the 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 something particle is exp you know when Ashad the the Cyberman's got the particle on his chest mm. when that explodes and supposedly wipes out all of the Cyber Time Lords the master's obviously there in that vicinity. So is the master now dead? Because it would, you know, I can't see that happening. There must be a little get out clause in there somewhere. They can't, I don't know, but yeah, if he doesn't appear in the show again, he'll be remembered, I think for his performance uh, in this one, which is brilliant. It would be, yeah, I was going to say, it would be such a shame if we didn't see his master again. He's got so much potential. And whereas I, because on the first watch, I was slightly worried because he, he's so on the edge of his performance all the time. He's so manic. I was thinking, because I love it when he just tones it down. I love it when he be, sort of, um, you know, I love all the crazy stuff, but I love it when we get scenes where he's just tones it down a little. And he, he managed to balance that. Mm -hmm perfectly actually especially watching it a second time this morning there because i was worried the first time i think oh don't quite don't go too mad because i like it when you you know you don't have to be so crazy <laughs> yeah. um but watching it again this morning i just realized how balanced this performance is he's, he's really absolutely superb as the master um i really want him to come back um i don't think we've seen the last of him i think he's just too good to just throw away like that yeah, um yeah. but because he's got that thing inside him i'm wondering if that'll play a part in actually saving him if you see what oh, i mean siberium yeah because we don't really get because that's still inside him at mm. the end yeah isn't it so that's got to play a part i think somehow in in actually saving him i think yeah but probably you'd, you'd hope so because in all because the siberium's an ai right it's an intelligent yeah uh, thing so you would have thought that it would have detected that and sort of kicked in some sort of fight or flight thing and has, you know, saved the host because without the host, it doesn't survive, does it? So, yeah, you would have thought that um, that would have I saved I don't know. Him. It's got to be, yeah, it's got to be somewhere because I'm thinking when, when he shrunk Ashad, you know, the thing's still in. <laughs> oh, no, it jumps out of him, doesn't it? Jumps out, it? yeah. Mm, I don't know. I just, uh, somehow I think that Master will survive. I just can't. That can't be the end of this master. He's too good. He's too good. And also not just, see again. Yeah, I mean, just the master as a character. 
Mm. I think over the years, just having that character pop up every now and then does provide a nice, um, a nice storytelling opportunity. We've seen some great storylines over the years, more so in classic who admittedly, but we've seen some great storylines with the master. I'm just wondering if it'll be Chibnall that brings him back though. Um, because if you get a new showrunner, they'll probably want to bring in their own master. But I don't know, just knowing how Chibnall's mind works, would he bring the master back for Series 13? I don't know. I hope he does, but I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, it's really difficult to say because at this point in time, the master's, in terms of him wanting to break the Doctor, which didn't work, mm. uh, that's in, in, his two-part plan, wasn't it? His first part was to break the doctor down that was his first part of the plan and then Mm. the second part was to have her witness him create the cyber time lords and ultimately see like it's like the ultimate insult you know because Mm. forever for for so long we've seen the master not care about the time lords or gallifrey and any you know just doesn't care about them whereas the doctor's always loved and missed her home planet and the Time Lords and stuff. So for her to witness him turn the Time Lords into those things and then go off and conquer the the, the the universe, that was like the ultimate insult to the Doctor, I suppose. So in terms of part one of the plan, not really accomplished because the Doctor kind of took it quite well in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then part two is another failure. So I can't see the, doc- the Master as a character. That's his, like his last run like the ultimate failure on both parts. There's There's been a lot of, um, we've had a lot of stories where the master sort of teams up or has interaction with the Cybermen, haven't we? It's a, I find it a strange move that the Chibbers did it again. I think we've had it so much. I am surprised that he teamed up the master with the Cybermen. Having said that, I think it's probably one of the better Cybermen stories we've had. Having said that, they did take, (laughs) A very much a back seat in this second part, Cybermen, didn't they? Um, oh, days, I'm yeah. Not, I'm not going to say they were wasted, but I feel like they could have been used more, so maybe they were wasted. But, yeah, I don't know. I, again, that's another thing I'm not sure how I feel about. I, I thought the Gallifrey and Cybermen looked quite creepy, so that's the sort of thing I think probably on paper didn't really work, but actually I think it was quite good. I, I quite like the design of them, and I found it quite an eerie thing. Like when the when the Cyberman started regenerating it, I thought I thought it was quite good. That but was if, awesome. Again, if you'd have said, if you'd said it to me on paper, I probably would have said, "Oh, that's that's ridiculous." Um, but yeah, did you like the design of them? Because I I did. I I felt it kind of. I thought they looked quite good with their Gallifreyan <laughs> headpieces and stuff. I I did like that. No, I wasn't a fan of that bit. I'll be honest. No, with I you. didn't think you would no. be. I I don't know why. Yeah. I, I love the concept of, I mean, it's completely evil mm. and brilliant. You know, yeah. I love the concept that that the master has killed everybody in Gallifrey, but has kept the mm. bodies around because his ultimate plan was to convert them into Cybermen. Um, so I love that aspect of it. It's like, it's like typical evil from the master. It's great. But just the design of like the Gallifreyan headgear that's now part of the Cyber Helmet and stuff. I wasn't... Yeah, too I, blown I, I didn't away. think you would. Yeah. I, I, I liked it, I will admit, but I don't know. I know that's a very Marmite thing, that. Um, yeah. But they were slightly wasted, weren't they, the Cybermen? It, they, after such a strong part one, they did take a back seat in this. But because the Master's so good, I don't think I really care, but it, it does feel like there was a really good Cyberman story there that was slightly sidelined 
uh, in the second part, I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't get me wrong. Like you, I the the bit when he orders one of the Cybermen to kill the other one, mm. and then when you see it regen, that is freaking cool. That was that was great. There and I also just, loved it when they stomped in and Sasha was doing a little dance to their stomping. I mean, that oh, was a yeah, great yeah. little moment. Yeah. Uh, one thing I thought was a big waste mm. was, yeah, yes, I agree with you. The Cybermen in general kind of got, you know, killed off fairly easy. Um, yeah. But I thought the character Ashad, the lone Cyberman dude, I thought he was a big, that kind of, he, his time sort of ended a bit anticlimactic, I think it was. Uh, yeah. I, I thought that he was going to be the catalyst to, to blow the whole thing up. I thought there was going to be a storyline where he either tapped into his more human side and decided to help and stop, uh, That's what I thought know. was going to happen. I'm kind of glad it didn't because that might have been a bit too um, predictable. But yeah, I felt he was, when he was shrunk, I was a bit like, oh no, is that, oh. Because he was such a good, scary yeah. villain. I think to just, to get rid of him so quickly. I can only assume that's because Chibnall just didn't know how to balance you know, you've got the master who's so amazing and you've got Asha that's such a brilliant, I just, I don't feel he knew what to do with them both. So it's kind of like, yeah, let's get rid of Asha. Um, it did feel a little bit too soon. I will admit, I thought the same thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can see, I mean, the, the mechanism for, for ending everything, the death particle that Ashad has inside mm. him, that's one cool thing. I suppose that they use that, but I either thought that Ashad was going to have a, tap into his more human side and help the everyone against these time lord cybermen or i thought that he was going to take umbrage at that and be like no we are like the pure cyber race we're not happy with this time lord style cybermen then they were going to like have a face off and and do all that stuff but ultimately just ended with him like yeah ended up as a character figure you know? yeah it did actually <laughs> i'll tell you what i did like as well was how the the master was uh, there was a scene just after he shrunk him, the master picks him up and he, the master wasn't sure if that was going to go one way or the other. That could have, he knew that that was, could have been suicide mm -hmm. and he really loved that. He got a real kick out of that gamble, didn't he? He's like, Oh, Oh, I thought you were going to, you know, finish us all off there, but you didn't. And he, the, 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 the sort of joy on his face that he could have, he was so 50, 50 on the, you know, the coin of ending his own life. I thought was quite a, um, quite a good moment. He was really relishing that sort of gamble that he took there, um, which just showed, played into the sort of master's crazy side that um, he's got now. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I, I did think the same. I thought, oh, it's a shame to get rid of him so quickly. Uh, what did you think to, what did you think to the, the way that they told us about the origins, not the origins of the doctor, but how we pick up the doctor's timeline when they're a, a child? Uh, what did you think to how that was told? Because they could have done that two ways. They could have done that as an episode in itself. Just all of that stuff around the Doctor and Tech Tehun, that character, uh, adopting the that that character and then doing all the experiments and all that Time Lord stuff. Or did you think it was cool that that was being told to the Doctor and to us, I suppose, from the Master as he was kind of narrating that story from within the matrix. What do you reckon to that part of it? No, I, I've got to admit, I liked the way they did that. I, I, I think that's why I bought into the backstory more than I thought I would. Um, yeah, I liked all that stuff with um, Tactuin and the way that she found the show. Visually, it was just really, really good. Um, and I loved the sort of back and forth. You know the scene with the Doctor and the Master when they're having a confrontation and it was on the location 
that we saw way back when the Doctor was being announced and she picked up the TARDIS key. It's that same location, that hill with that funny obelisk. Is that we? Is that the word? <laughs> obelisk in the middle of it. Yeah, you know so. where the yeah. where the TARDIS key was back in the day of the Jodie reveal. Um, I just love the fact that they use that location again. Um, and the you know the interaction between the Doctor and the Master was brilliant in that scene. So they're in colour, but the backdrop is all black and white. It was visually, I just thought it was great. So I really mm. liked it. I liked the way it was done. Um, I like the fact that the just as we sort of get the reveal, the master's brought back to the Cybermen and the story has to be put on pause for a minute just to let us, you know, just to just to sort of um, drag it out a little bit more. So I thought the pacing and all that was really, really good because then we do go back into the story and he finishes telling it and stuff. So um, that all worked for me. I, I like the fact he even said, didn't he, I can be in two places at one time. So the back and forth... Um, I, I felt it was paced quite nicely. It, it flowed quite well. Yes. Uh, yeah, for I me, did. personally, yeah. I did like all that. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was cool, that. Yeah. Mm. Okay. What did you One think? Thing, oh, sorry. sorry. No, go on, dude. I was going to say, I just, I knew there was there was something I was going to say about Cybermen when we were talking about them, and I couldn't remember it when I got to it, and now I have remembered it, was I don't really like the bit when the fam hide inside the Cybermen. I thought that was a little bit silly. Uh, like they, right. they they somehow have all this time. They're on the they're on the run, but they have time to take out all the human parts and get inside the suits and and the Cybermen that Ashad couldn't tell it was them inside. I thought that was a bit silly, really, and it felt unnecessary. I think you know, just get them off the ship. It did. It, maybe it was to just drag the episode out a little bit. Um, that that part didn't work for me. Although. So there was the bit where, you know, you see a tear running down Yaz's face because, you you know, you see the point of view from inside the suit. So I, I did like that. I just found it a really strange idea that they would get inside the cyber suits. I don't know. How yeah. did you feel about that? Because there is a great comedy moment when Graham can't get the helmet off, <laughs> which maybe was worth it just for that bit alone. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. But well, what that... did you think when he first suggested that as a plan? I just thought, what? Yeah, well, that's going to be my next question. Now that we've spoken mm. about the main thread, the other part of the mm. story was obviously the fam, the companions, mm. who are en route to rescue the Doctor, which I thought was a really cool bit when they were about to go through the boundary or potentially mm. go through there. And they're umming and ahhing, and Yaz just was like, bosh, she's straight through. Straight in there. Without yeah. even thinking about it. And um, yeah, so that fit was cool. And the, the, to answer your question about the cyber suits and hiding inside them and stuff, um, they were a bit too clean inside for me, considering that there's got organic material inside. Yeah, I just didn't it get that at all. a bit too clean cut. It was a bit like, um, uh, I mean, there's so many other sci-fi tropes that have been used in this one, mate. But this brings me back to when Luke and Han put on the Stormtrooper outfits mm. in A New Hope, you know, and they're uh, sort of going through the Death Star and stuff. It was a bit like that, you know, it's... So when, yeah, so when Graham was like, and it was, he was pretty funny in this episode, to be fair. There was, you know, when they're sort of bashing him down, he's like, well, it's not, I didn't say it was a brilliant plan, but yeah. we've got no other option really. And there was that bit where, yeah, when Ashad's going really close up to the cyber helmet. I mean, that was creepy. Yeah, I kind of liked that. But. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, I mean, I liked it, mate. Yeah. I thought it was a cool it was a cool sort of concept and I, the only thing that right you and i have said haven't we for, for pretty much all of series 12 
that we felt like one of the companions was going to go. Yep. We honestly felt that it was just building up to something because of Yaz's character development and all that totally stuff. Totally thought we, someone was going to die. Yeah. We did, yeah. And in my head, I thought um, that they were going to mistake one of those guys in the Cybermen suits and shoot them. Because I thought, you know, because they... That's what I honestly thought was going to happen. Yes. And when that didn't happen, I'll be honest with you, I was a little bit disappointed because I thought, well, Graham and Ryan's storyline has kind of run its course, I think. Yeah, I do as well. Now. Mm. So I thought, as a simple one, let's addrick it and just get one of them out the door. <laughs> then I thought, but it would have been... Yeah. I was going to say, imagine if Ryan had thrown that bomb and it's, no, it's me, it's you. Oh, <laughs> exactly, no, yeah. Ryan, so, you've um, just blown up Yaz. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just blown up Yaz. So I thought, because before this went out, I think it was Chibbers or the BBC put something out to say that it was going to be a very emotional phenomenon. You're going to need a drink, I think yeah. Chibbers said. You're going to need a stiff drink. Yeah. yeah. So I thought, well, you know, this whole timeless child thing, yeah, it's depending on how you view Doctor Who is cool or not. But I wouldn't say it was emotional. I, I wouldn't say that I was reaching for the tissues no, when they were going no. through that side of it. So I thought, well, where's the emotional stuff going to come then? Mm. So that's why I thought, you know, one of the companions is still going to get it. But hmm. um, so, yeah, it, the Cybermen thing with the companions inside, it was kind of cool. But I just thought they could have made something more of that. They could have really pulled on the heartstrings and killed Yaz off based on yeah. her cool character development. It's like, no, you've built her up so well, but now she's gone. That would be cool. But, you know, if rumour has it, according to the Daily Mail, it's going to be Bradley Walsh and Tosin Cole that have quit after the special. To and be honest, I think those are the two that should go, actually. I've, I've really warmed to Yaz. I think her and the Doctor could work quite well as a Doctor companion. Um, as much as I love Graham, I, th I think he's great. But I think, like you said, Ryan and Graham, their story's kind of done i think um there was a lovely scene between graham and yaz it was where actually, he was like saying yeah. um you know i think you're an amazing person and that's when i thought oh dear i thought so, i, I exactly. really thought graham had yeah. sealed her uh, i mean that's what we were supposed to think i suppose mm -hmm. but yeah i thought uh oh yaz is gonna die because graham's just told her how great she is uh, or graham's gonna die um but that was a nice scene that was a really nice little scene in, in a quiet moment in a quite a sort of um action-packed sort of finale wasn't it so yeah that was a nice scene but i did think that was the end of one of them yeah it was lovely actually really nice little scene yeah one thing that's really bugged me watching this today and again when i first watched it and i still can't find an answer to this so maybe you can how are they getting to and from that blooming cyber ship one minute they're in the citadel then they're on the <laughs> cyber ship putting bombs on there then they're in a then they're back on the on gallifrey again getting into a tardis thinking what they were back and forth. I couldn't work out how they were getting to and from. Because you know when they get in the TARDIS, is that TARDIS on the cyber ship or have they managed to somehow get off the cyber ship and into a TARDIS? And there's a, there's a bit, of, I think it's down to the editing or maybe scenes were cut. There's a bit towards the end there where I just get a little bit confused. Like they, they plant bombs on the cyber ship. It blows up. And then the next thing you see, they're getting into a TARDIS. But how? I don't know if they're using the portal. I don't know. I, I feel like something may have been cut for time reasons around there because it doesn't really make sense to me, unless I've missed something. Weren't, well, weren't the bombs planted 
in the Citadel, though, not on the carrier. No, because they're on the cyber ship because Jodie picks up Ashad off the floor, doesn't she? And that's in the cyber ship, I think. Uh, hmm. I just got a little bit confused. Uh, it, it confused me on the first watch, and I purposely watched harder on the second watch to try and see if I'd missed something. Um, I'm going to guess they're using one of the portals to get to and from the ship. And then they just sit, find the TARDIS on Gallifrey and leave. I don't know. Um, Next time you watch it, just have a look. It does. This definitely feels like something missing there. They're sort of to and they're to and from the ship and Gallifrey really quickly. Hmm. Yeah. You, uh, so I thought that they were. I thought they had set those bombs up. Oh yeah, that was on the ship, wasn't it? It was on the yeah, because then carrier. the ship blows up, and you think, "Oh my god, they're on the ship!" But no, hang on a minute, they're not. They're oh, actually, they must still be on the ship because it's all falling apart as they jump in the TARDIS. I don't. Maybe they use the TARDIS to get there. Maybe, yeah. And that's and then they transform back. I don't know. There's a little. There's something in that bit that's mm. a bit confusing, and I feel like there's a scene missing. Explaining it. Yeah, I think that's on like watch number. 19 over the years yeah, will probably yeah. click and uh, yeah but then there might there must be a way that I, I can't remember exactly that those scenes now the, the, how they get mm. between them but i don't know dude there must be, there must be an explanation yeah there, there must be yeah. but yeah yeah i think sorry watch it have a look uh one question for you mm-hmm. what did you think to um this thing called the division and what the irish stuff yeah, the stuff so, going on an island. Yeah, so there was the there was a one scene where you saw two time lords, I suppose. Yeah, uh, we in, assume they are. Yeah, in, in they were kind of inducted into this thing called the division, um, which is kind of interesting. Uh, uh, and they were it kind it's kind of like um, uh, it felt to me like that was like the Men in Black. Yeah, <laughs> of of Gallifrey to me, it was this kind of weird um, thing where what didn't went that wasn't that put together so that they could sort of stop people from intervening in like important time stream events and other people's stuff. That's what I kind of gathered from that, but I don't know. I'm still a li- I'm still a little unclear on uh, unclear on that. I'll be honest, I, I don't know if that's something, again, we could sort of pick up on at some other point or if that's just, I don't know. Yeah, that's the other bit I'm I'm just not sure about. I didn't quite understand what was going on there because there's a, there's the point where the doctor's watching it happen mm-hmm. and you've got the carriage clock, which I'm assuming is some sort of, um, what do they call it? You know, the thing that keeps the memories? Uh, yeah, the... Uh, is it one of, is that what that carriage clock is? I think I don't so. know. Yeah. Because so, the doors look like TARDIS doors as well in the office, didn't they? And that's clearly on purpose. Yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. doors, they look like a TARDIS. So there's a lot to read into that. Um, but I don't really know exactly what was going on there, to be honest with you. Yeah, so I think the division... So, yeah, so I think they were like the... Like this group of people that had to do things when time the time calls for it. So I think the, mm. like the overall thing that I, I guess Tectoon kicked off with the time lords and everything was that they've got like a very strict and we've heard the doctor say it many times over the years of like you know we do not intervene in like yeah. important events or time streams and that kind of thing so i think the division was there to do that when it was called for it 
it, that's what I would take from it. Yeah. yeah it's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think that kind of explains the reason why Brent, so Brendan was obviously an incarnation of the doctor, right? Again, that's what I'm assuming. Yeah. It, yeah. It's not made um, particularly clear, is it? It's open to interpretation, but I would read it that he was a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but one interesting thing though, about that, about the, about Brendan being quote unquote, the doctor or an incarnation of the doctor Mm. And this is something I'll have to sort of go back and study and when I rewatch it and stuff. But uh, I think that was you. Wasn't that used? Um, wasn't wasn't that created within the Matrix for the Doctor to see, but no one else could see? So I think that whole sort of visual storyline of Brendan and. Uh, falling off the cliff and regenerating and all that stuff. Mm. I think that was placed within the matrix so that people couldn't discover the true, the truth around the origin of the time Lords and the timeless child and tech to and all that gumph. That's what I kind of got from that. It was like the master had, um, the master had uh, sort of uncovered that, but was projecting that to the doctor from the yeah, because they step yeah. into it, don't they? I, yeah. yes, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I was very unclear what was going on that, even on second watch. I'll be honest with you, um, but that does that. I can see that that does work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what I got from it anyway. But like mm. I said at the beginning, you need like a bit of a degree in Time Lord, <laughs> like history and all the Matrix and all that stuff to get how that works. But yeah, yeah. I'm still. I mean, I'll open this up to the listeners as well because I I'm still quite unclear about the stuff in Ireland and what exactly was going on there. Um, I need to give it another watch, but yeah. yeah. But then, but what, that does sound like a, a good theory. I like that because you do get that scene with that woman saying, you know, these are the rules. We don't interfere, and it kind of leads into that. So yeah, it does make yeah. sense. Yeah, and I think the mm. master did say that Tectoon said that she was going to mask this the truth under this kind of visual filter, which was yeah. Brendan's story, I think. That's right. So that's, oh. um, that felt very moth to me. That felt very... <laughs> it does. You don't think he's drifted into the office, do you, with a glass of red and, <laughs> oh, Chris, how's it going? Oh, I was spilling red on the script. Uh, let me just, uh, oh, tell you what you want to put in there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a bit yeah. mothball, that one. You can see it. I was going to say, actually, talking of, uh, how do you say it? Tectuine. Tectuine. I keep wanting to say, I keep wanting to say, tattooing um talking of her i do like the fact that people have picked up that she looks a lot like the woman um who's who's in uh the one that you like tenant's last episode um what's that called Ten- tenant's last oh, the end of time end of time so you know with there's that always been that speculation about the woman time lord that oh, everyone yeah. thinks is his mum oh, right, or it yeah. could be romana but we think is his mum mm-hmm. so she does look a lot like her and i like that because that really ties in with it all. And they, oh, yeah, it could be her. Yeah, someone oh, have put like screenshots right. of the two of them, and there's a similarity. So, oh, okay, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, maybe that is her. There's so much, dude. You can. I know, I know. I like. I, that's what I mean. I kind of like it. I don't. I probably shouldn't, but I. <laughs> I kind of do. If you think about, um, if they're going to commission, because I know the series 13 is a definite. It's a definite. Yeah. yeah so, um, but depending on. I mean, there's no guarantee, like I said earlier, but if the show is recommissioned and we do have another, for argument's sake, another five years worth of Doctor Who, mm. um, up to like 2026 or whatever, this one episode has thrown open so many avenues to explore 
so much stuff like that. And I'll tell you what, mate, Big Finish are now sorted for life. <laughs> oh, no. Well, it also ties in with that because they used to do... Um, they used to do a series called Doctor Who Unbound, and apparently they were asked to stop producing those. And that that's weird, isn't it? Because it kind of ties in with this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like the BBC say, no, no, we're uh, we're having that idea, so you can't have that anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Oh, I was going to say something. What was it? No, um, Doctor oh, Ruth is going to have her own big finish. Oh, I hope so. I definitely and... want to see more of Doctor Ruth. Yeah. Definitely want to see more. Yes. Anything? Okay, so we've spoken about. Have we missed anything? So we've spoken about most of the story, characters, performances. Is there anything else on your notes, on your list? I was about to ask you something, <laughs> and I got sidetracked with the big finish stuff. I really want to remember what it was, because it was something I wanted to ask you that was quite important. While you're thinking of that, there was a bonus to this episode. Very oh, little yes. usage of Sonic Screwdriver. Oh, I've got that note as well. One use. <laughs> yeah. Only one use. <laughs> yeah, that's a big plus. I have remembered what it is as well. It wasn't really... Yeah, it was a question, but because of the setup of this story and you were talking about Dot 2 going on for the next five years and stuff, I was thinking, you know, I'm surprised. This is the sort of thing I'd expect Chibnall to write for like the 60th anniversary. This is quite a big, momentous thing that he's done. So I'm surprised that he's done it now and not like... Because I'm assuming, will he still be showrunner with the 60th? What are we on now? Is it 57 years we're on now? Yeah, so we're a few years away from the 60th. But but didn't didn't he go to the BBC with some five or ten year plan? I remember yeah. reading that mm-hmm. back when he was announced. It's like, I went to the BBC with a plan for the next, you know, <laughs> five, I think it was five year plan wasn't it, that he had. Something like that, yeah. So I'm surprised that this wasn't his big 60th plan. But yeah, so what on earth has he got up his sleeve? Oh, I dread to think. Well, we had um, with Fugitive of the Jadoon, that was a bit of a mind melter in itself. And then when you couple that with the conclusion, kind of, from this one, I think Series 12 as a whole is just going to be remembered as like a turning point in the show, really, in modern Doctor Who. It's like... He's yeah. certainly shaking things up. I mean, I'll give him that. Um, as I said, right or wrong, I don't always agree with the stuff he does. But at the end of the day, he's coming to showrunner and he's not pulling any punches. He's kind of just putting his stamp on it, whether we like it or not. So I kind of think, okay, fair enough. He's not playing it safe. Let's yeah. put it that way. Um, uh, no, uh, my only other notes was um, Seeger's music I thought was decent. Decent. Mm-hmm. I think amazing. There was a... There was, a, there was a sort of theme he had every time the Simon appeared that it just literally felt like he'd press play on the... Doom, <laughs> ding, 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 that clunking. Oh, okay. Yeah. But no, Seeger's music, I thought, was was good in this episode. I loved it when the Doctor Who theme kicked in oh, with yeah. the flasher. I absolutely loved that. Um, and I, I liked the ending. I liked how it all wrapped up um, with the TARDIS house. I loved That's that. That's cool, yeah. My, uh, my other half was like, oh, the TARDIS is a semi-detached house now. And I thought, yeah, loved that. <laughs> loved the tree. Something about, you know how silly little things get you? They just <laughs> yeah. make, either send a shiver down your spine or they bring a tear to your eye. I know what you're going to say. A little moment. And it, it's the sort of thing that no one else would think. But I loved it when the doctor just went, hello, mate, to yeah, the TARDIS. I, I don't know why. It just it didn't you bring a tear, that. but it yep. just made my heart go, ah. Oh. I loved that moment um, for yep. some reason. And the tree TARDIS and all that. So I loved all the ending. I like the fact the Doctor just wanted to take a minute because I kept thinking, right, is she just going to go back and find the fam again now? Where where are we going from here? And she's, I think she just wants a moment just to, 
yeah. <sighs> let it all out before she carries on. But she doesn't get that moment because then the blimmin' Jadoon turn up and throw her in prison. I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> yes. But my biggest thing was we get the thing saying Doctor Who will return in, what is it? Something of the Daleks. Rev- Revolution. Revolution of the Daleks. Great title. But yes. when? you So you've given us this you've given us this now are we now to wait a whole however many months till christmas and new year for this special seriously seven months dude yep oh come on you yep. can't i mean surely they've got to show it at easter haven't they or- no 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 no. it's going to be oh. either either christmas day or new year's day it's going i to mean it's them. it's getting to sherlock syndrome isn't it where <laughs> they just give us a special every year and i, I think that's a ridiculously long wait i, um, I like it do you? Yeah, I like that because uh, what what would you then what would you then do for Christmas and New Year? Oh, I know, I know, but yeah. I just I just don't. Well, I suppose so. I mean, it's not. But yeah, what what did you think of the cliffhanger? We got the classic tenant. What? What? <laughs> what? So we got that. Yeah. Um, which was a nice little throwback. But we yeah. What were your thoughts when that happened and the episode ended? What did you think? Well, well, firstly, I really I like you. I loved when she gets to the TARDIS and she's just like mate hello mate i love that bit it's like a friendly face isn't it she's gone through the ringer she's absolutely like her life's changed forever from this point on and now she just sees like that comfort in in the tardis so that's a lovely moment um but yeah i'm getting sharder vibes dude from the prison at the end yes did you pick up on that as well um no, but then I read it on Twitter and thought, yes. Oh, you read it on Twitter, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I thought I only got Sharda because I remember someone pointing out that um, Ashad was an acronym of Sharda. I thought, oh. And then when someone <laughs> pointed out about the prison, I did think, yes. So I'm kind of hoping that's a thing. I'd, I'd actually quite like that to be a thing. That would be yeah. cool, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. what's interesting, you know, what's interesting, uh, let me just make sure I'm, I'm reading this correctly because otherwise I'm going to fall flat on my ass with this. But mm-hmm. the, um, uh, the Gallifrey and Gat, do you remember that character Gat? Gat, yeah. Yep. So her and the Jadoon work or worked for the ah, division. Yes. So that kind of links into what the, what we saw in the, in the, the thing the master was telling the doctor about when we go through that bit with Tactaroon, and That's the initial right. setup of the Time Lords and stuff after they d- discovered time travel, that stuff. We mm. had that scene with the Division. So the Jadoon were working for them. So there could be a link there. It, yeah, that's a, a good point. Yeah. yeah, I like that link. It could mm. be one of those points where the, the Division, if that is still a thing, have decided that because of what's happened with the Doctor and the Master and all this reveal and stuff, now is one of those points to intervene and, and sort something out. So. Mm. Yeah, but I did like it though. I love the cliff. I love that we're on a massive cliffhanger, and now we've got months and months to wait because <laughs> it's just like like the rest of the year now of just being excited for Doctor Who to come back, which is great. Yeah, that is true. It definitely has left me feeling like I I literally am so excited for the special now. That is, yeah, you got a good point there. It it's not just a case of oh yeah, Doctor Who's coming back. I am genuinely really buzzing for the next episode to see where it goes. And we know the Daleks are back and everything. So there's a lot riding on it. And I think we said that about this episode, you know, we hope it doesn't disappoint. Same feeling with the special. Like we've had um, a couple of really good, uh, you know, we've had a really good belting final, I think 
really enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, hopefully it leads into another thing. Um, the, my only other notes is I did you think, so I've got two questions for you before we wrap up sort of thing. Did you think at one point the doctor was going to regenerate because there was a bit, not going to lie, knowing how well Chibbers is keeping secrets, that bit where she was lying on the floor and they were like, Doc, and she was really, she just looked like she was, I don't know, there was just a moment where I thought, is she going to regenerate? Surely not. (laughs) But then Dr. Ruth's on the, you know, is waiting in the wings. (laughs) I honestly thought for a split second she was going to regenerate and Dr. Ruth would appear or something. I don't know. It was just the way it was filmed and the way she just looked like she was done for. You know the bit I mean? It was like when the fam turn up and they're like, Doc, are you yeah, all right? Yeah. And she's on the floor. It was very reminiscent of Tennant on the floor, you know, uh, from, um, <laughs> what's it called? The End of Time. End of Time. Yep. It's because I've got Timeless Child in me. I can't <laughs> think. Yeah, it just reminded me of that scene where he's on the floor and it's like, it's all over. Or the bit when uh, um, McCoy's got a wig on. You know, he's oh. laying on the TARDIS floor and they roll him over. Yeah. He's got the, the blonde. Leave the girl, it's the man I want. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like, leave the man, it's the girl I want. Yeah, um, yeah but did was that just me or did you for a split second think the same? Um, no, I didn't, mate. No? Okay. no. That's me. cool that you did, though. I think, well... It's just something about the way she looked. I thought, uh-oh, Jodie's done for. <gasps> well, Is I, this a surprise regen? No. No, I, I think it's because uh, we all know that she's back for the special and the next series. So I, it just wasn't in my head, really. I'll tell you what I am pleased about, though, is when I did think that, if you'd have asked me at the end of episode, <laughs> series 11, um, I, I was I was kind of hoping she wasn't going to regenerate, is what I'm getting to. I think if you'd have asked me a few, you, you know, before this series, I might have said, yeah, go, yeah, let's have another Doctor, because she wasn't really doing it for me. I still think, I agree, coming back to what you said, I still think there's a lot more fire in the belly we need to see from Jodie, but um, I've really grown to like her. I thought, even though she took a bit of a backseat in this episode i did think she was really good mm-hmm. um i do agree i'd like i think there are bits where you know you just wanted to take the brakes off just a fraction and give us a bit more fire but we are definitely seeing it from jody and um i'm happy to say that when i thought she might be regenerating mm-hmm. in this i there was part of me that said oh no not yet uh, i actually do think she's got more to give yeah but i'm I really do. pleased yeah. to say that because there was a time when i would quite happily sinner go. Um, and as much as I love Dr. Ruth, I really do. I, I think Jodie is starting to really get there, you know. She just, yeah, you're right. She just needs to just let the brakes off a little bit more, Jodie. Just let's see. You can shout, you know. <laughs> shout from the rooftop. Go mad. She can do it. I know it's there. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, yeah, I would have been sad to see her go. So I'm, I'm kind of glad now that we're getting another series of her. I think, um, I think one more. We just see one more series. I think we'll be ready for a new Doctor, but I think she's she's got more to give, I think. I would say so. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad to say that because I was getting worried. It's taken me a long time to really warm towards Jodie's Doctor. I like her, but I don't love her um, by yeah. any means. She's not anywhere near in my top five Doctors or even, yeah. She's really not up there with the Doctors that I love, but she's definitely growing on me. She's um, climbing up the ladder slowly. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Uh, do you know what I think? Because I think the reason for that is because in, or, in order to, and I'm talking very generically here, but in, in order to sort of have some kind of emotional attachment to a character, there has to be some consequence to their character. Mm. So in series 11, when she's just going from story to story and none of the monsters or aliens really testing her or being that much of a threat, 
it just becomes she becomes just like any other uh sort of throwaway character i suppose Mm. so in this series though we've seen this whole thing build up and build up and she has been more vulnerable so alongside being stronger because she the writing's definitely improved for her she's there's definitely been scenes where she's a lot stronger but there's also been scenes where we've seen some more vulnerability as well with the fam yeah. trying to probe a bit more and find out her history and she's a bit you know there's that scene where she's like you know time's swirling around me or something or time you know something's after me whatever and you can see that something turns out it was the master i suppose or yeah, this timeless she, child thing but and she's been a bit more snappy like with yaz and stuff isn't she like even in this yeah. one i think she snapped something when you, when she says i'm gonna go off and blow them all up and you guys have got to go and yaz tries to stop her and there is a bit where she does snap doesn't she yeah. and i thought like you said we it would have been nice to see a bit more of that with her and the master i think if you know what i mean that's yeah. sort of real yeah. Just back off. You know, she really does let go a little bit there. So um, my other question to you very quickly was, if the timeless child hadn't turned out to be the doctor, who would you have liked it to have been? Oh, oh that's a good question, dude. Mm. Uh, I would have liked it to have been. Um, I would have liked it to have been the master. Okay. Yeah. Because I thought it would have it would have been a great, just a massive power trip for him, you know, to have mm. had to have discovered that he's was used and yeah. experimented on. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Well, actually, it's funny because the master. There's two. I've got two. The master is one of them for that very reason you've just said. I just think it would have explained the rage and you know that he didn't know who he was and this lost soul doesn't know his parents. I think they could have really played into that. So that. I think would have worked very well. Um, my other one, and I don't know if this would have worked so well, but I think it could have done is Susan. And the reason I say that is because if Susan had been the timeless child, we don't know a lot about Susan's character. She's just this granddaughter and doesn't really make sense really. So oh, she is yeah. a mystery. Mm. And I think if, if it had been Susan, then there's still the mystery of who is Susan, but it might've explained why, I don't know. She went on to travel with the doctor. I don't know. I think that could have worked somehow as well. That would if have been the time amazing. Have been Susan. Yeah. yeah can you imagine there if is Caroline part of me that would have. Yeah, if Caroline Ford would have popped up. Yes. In this, <laughs> oh, dude. I know. There's part of me that would have really liked that because Susan's a character that is intriguing. We never really explore her, and she kind of just gets forgotten about, really, doesn't she? Because she wasn't really developed at all. Um, so yeah, I think that could have been utilized really well. If it had turned out to have been Susan, but um, I don't know. <laughs> it's just those are the two. I think if you're gonna, if you, if I was gonna change it, it would be one of those two. I'm slightly, yeah, you know, I'm intrigued that it could have been Susan, but mm. it ain't to be. <laughs> Not, yeah, that's a cracking theory, though, mate. That would have been amazing. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, dude. Uh, I have got one final thing to ask you as well. Oh yeah, okay. Um, how do you think this is going to affect the character of the Doctor moving forward? Because up to now they would have known 100% that they've got 12 regenerations, right? And yeah. that's it. And that's your lot. So, and as I mentioned earlier, it would have been a bit cheesy and a little bit like, oh, here we go again. If we got to the end of 12 regens and they somehow managed to write in a big reset again, a big reset button, whatever. But how do you think this now affects the doctor? Because how would you feel like, if you knew that your, your life was limited 
to 12 regenerations. And after that, if you were dead, you were dead sort of thing. But how do you think that would affect you sort of mentally if you now knew that to a degree you were kind of eternal, you were kind of invincible? Mm. Um, surely that sort of messes with your... I, mean, I don't know, does that do anything to you do. as a person, as a yeah. character? I don't know, that's like a big walkers. So far, we've everyone's talking about how it's affected them, but we don't know how it's affected, as, as in like viewers of the show, you know, whether you love it or hate it and all that stuff. But no one's actually considering how this affects the Doctor moving forward. Does she now, Is she now more gung-ho? Like, is she just going to throw herself out of a spaceship because she knows <laughs> that she's got infinite regen, she can just do what she wants? Yeah. Or is she going to still just carry on with the the same sort of uh, feeling that she's had about it? Up to, I don't know. It's a bit of a... It would she's mess no, you up, wouldn't it? Yeah. She's yeah. no longer the cat with nine lives, is she? She's got... Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing, you see. I really... I want Jodie to do another series. We know she is. But um, I don't want it to just be act, you know, as if nothing's happened and we have the odd mention of it. Because, And what I mean by that is we do need to see some more development big time with Jodie's Doctor. A bit like with David Tennant. He was quite jokey and stuff at the start. By the time we got towards the Mars, he was like the time Lord Victoria was quite dark. And I do think we it would be good in Jodie's next series if we see a bit of that, um, if we see a bit of this conflict. Um, and I think, I hope that if they, like if this was me, I'd be feeling a bit more confident. Jodie's Doctor is very vulnerable all the time. She's always trying to work things out. She always seems to step behind what's going on, doesn't she? We've had so many scenes when she's like, oh, it's nearly there. What is it? I can't quite see it. She's quite a vulnerable doctor. I'd like to see, we've had two series of that. We've seen a little bit of development now. I would like to see in the next series her become a little bit more hard-edged, mm -hmm. a little bit more, you know, standing up to people rather than being this quite sort of delicate doctor that we've got because um there's nothing wrong with that davison was quite delicate but he had his moments when he really got stuck in and i really want to see more of that from jody and i think if she takes forward this storyline we could easily go down that route you know she doesn't have to be kick-ass like ruth because that's just not her doctor uh, as much as i wish it was because i love ruth's doctor but that's <laughs> just not jody's doctor she doesn't have to go quite that severe but yeah i'd like to see a little bit more confidence in her standing up to the villain of the week and just being a little bit more in control like you know like instead of saying oh i don't know how to do this i want to see her saying right a bit like eccleston in partner of the ways right rose i'm coming to get you those daleks are going out the window you know what i mean i just want to see a little bit more fire in the belly and i think this could allow her doctor to do that now now that she's got this knowledge yeah so that's yeah, yeah. That's where I would take it. Whether they will or not, I don't know. I, I have a feeling Chibbers will just continue to write her uh, as he does and think everything is hunky-dory. <laughs> um, but I think there's great potential with Jodie's Doctor. I just hope he taps into it. Yeah, I'll read you. Mm. Okay. Do you agree? Is that what you would do with it? Uh, yes. Yeah, I think so. I think you would. you would certainly just wouldn't leave it as an isolated thing in a story from whatever. You would try and develop that into the character a bit more and it's got to be consequences yeah. as far as she knows she's just killed the master finally so she's got it it's got to have some sort of consequence on her surely you would think so you would hope so after you found out something like that about yourself yeah and you've just killed the master and all of the gallifreyans on on gallifrey and all that stuff you would yeah so i hope that when we get to the special it's not just a case of hold on a minute 
to the events of the last episode mean nothing then. So I hope they do sort of take that on board and carry it through for a while. Yeah. Yeah, because it also feels like we're actually seeing start. We've seen much more of the Chibnall master plan this series, haven't we? Like the first yeah. series, like the Timeless Child. I still don't know. Did he have that in his mind all the way from the start when he mentioned that in the Witches Familiar? Uh, was it Witches Familiar? You know, or was that a throwaway line that he's picked up on? I I'm hoping that we're starting to see where Chibnall wants to take. Doctor Who. And, and I know I said it a few times now, whether we like it or not, I just want to see. I'm hoping he's actually sort of plotted this out. He's not just making it up as he goes along. I'm hoping that we will see consequences from this in the next series and he takes it to wherever it is that he wants to take the show, you know. Yeah. I, that's what I hope. I hope he's got it like a rough Chibnall master plan and it's not just like, mm, you know, thrown away. I hope so. Yeah, yeah I hope so. Indeed. <laughs> right, scores. It's yeah, you, you to go first. Well, I'm I'm giving this a strong score. I'm giving this a nine out of ten. Um, I'm only really knocking off a point for really the stuff that I didn't understand, like the the you know to and fro from the spaceship and the island stuff, and also the conflict. I'm still I'm still a little bit divided how I feel about this new revelation about the Doctor. I've got to be honest, but um, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a snap. That's a nine for a me nine, as well, A dude. nine out of ten. Yeah. Wow, cool. uh, mainly because uh, I just thought this was like the, uh, such a great story mm. to watch. It was f- just brilliant viewing in terms of Doctor Hugh. Doctor Hugh? Doctor Who. Doctor Hugh. <laughs> and Doctor uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, my, sort of my only sort of little niggles and the reason why I knocked it down a little bit was I wish Jodie was a little bit stronger mm. in some of those scenes with the Master. And also, I just hope that casual viewers understood what the hell was going on so (laughs) in a way that's good because i might have thought what's all this about then and it might encourage them to go and watch sort of earlier doctor who and catch up on things but at the other hand it might be a case of well sod this yeah Yeah. i have no clue what's but then again that's similar to any show i suppose but i'll tell you what i am pleased about as well is that sometimes when you get an episode like this as of quite a lot big reveals and it's all all very exciting on a first watch i was worried that this morning when i rewatched it now that i knew all the answers and stuff i thought oh is it gonna be as good you know what i mean sometimes you love an episode first time because of all this exciting revelations and then the second time you watch it and you know the answer you think oh actually yeah it was all a bit of um what's the phrase something over substance substance style over substance style over substance i'm that's the thing i'm glad to say that when i watched this again this morning i still found it really engaging i really did enjoy it even though i knew what was coming so i think that's a good good testament to it as well indeedy yep like i could happily watch it again it wasn't one of those i thought oh that was really good but no i've seen it now and i'm not too bothered It, it still stood up really well on the second watch yeah, agree. I gave it a strong score just because, obviously, uh, the big change in the, well, not the change, but the addition to the law of the mm. Doctor and Doctor Who, I think, is a good time to do that. Yeah. A lot of people, not so much, but, I th- yeah, I thought it was good. Yes. Right. We had uh, we had quite a few audio reviews in, so let's, mm-hmm. let's uh, smash through some of these. The first one is Max William. So, the time has chosen... A very fast-paced episode, but I, even though I did thoroughly enjoy it, I had lots of things I enjoyed about it, such as the retro Cyberman um, and the bit in the Matrix, all the lives. That was very well done. But I also did have lots of problems with it, such as 
Daniel Barton and Four at the very beginning, along with the monsters, which did all the weird stuff. Um, the amount of generation cycles Jodie must have, because we saw all of these cycles, stuff and that, and we've only seen her get one extra amount of cycles, so I guess she's had so many. Um, and also, it slightly contradicts Utopia, um, as in the fact that there's no humans left to make the civilization, as all of them are already off Earth. But anyway, um, I'll give it a 6 out of 10, my voice is all breaking now. Give it a 6 out of 10, and uh, I'll see you all next week. But not next week, because it's uh, the Dalek episode, which is sooner or later. See you then, bye. Thank you very much, Max. Mm, it's a good point about Utopia, which is an episode I absolutely love as well. Mm. Um, mm, I hadn't thought about it contradicting that. Yeah, the thing mm. is, though, it's going to throw up so many. Well, it is, was, that's the thing, yeah. 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 Mm. Uh, no, you make a good point there, though, Max. Thanks a lot for that, dude. Uh, right, Ian from France, Ian Stevens. Hey. <laughs> Hi, Ian from France here. My God, that was boring. A bunch of massive exposition dumps throughout and scenes dragging on endlessly. And the exposition was complex and lengthy and felt more like something from the History Channel at two in the morning than Doctor Who. Hardly riveting stuff. Ryan's post-bomb celebration was obnoxious. And if that's meant to be character development, they clearly want us to hate him. To be fair, it doesn't help that his acting skills are non-existent. Cybertime Lords wearing what looked like my grand's doilies around their heads. Please! They looked really, really silly. Almost as daft as the drones from last week. The Master, I don't like this version. Yeah, he can act and he's got some gravitas. But he just doesn't sell it somehow. And the occasional lapse into slapstick nonsense is problematic. And crucially, I worry that most of this would have been total gibberish for casuals tuning in just for the finale out of curiosity. Based on this, I don't reckon many of them will be back. Any positives? Well, there was a nice character moment between Graham and Yaz. But even then, Graham was massively underused after this. Almost absent, in fact. And I like the Star Wars homage by hiding in the cyber suits, just as Luke and Leia, I think, did in A New Hope. Other than that, I'm really, really struggling. Tonally dull, dismal and lifeless. This simply did not feel like a finale episode, more like a mid-series catch-up. Not impressed, I'm afraid, Chris. Five wasted opportunities out of ten. Alors, c'est Sufi, je partis. Well, I am shook. I I can never predict what Ian is going to think, mm. I, but I really thought he would like this one. <gasps> I'm genuinely shocked, Ian. I, I, genuinely. I, I thought this, wow. Ian's yeah. not a fan, mate. No, not, I not always try anyway. and say along to, you know, the, all the stuff he says at the end, I was trying, I can never say it right. I, I just end, end up saying foods, like pate. <laughs> souffle <yeah>. souffle <laughs> uh crikey yeah ian's not feeling it yeah no a five uh what did sammy from down under think hey gary and adam sammy satine here so the timeless children what a mess this is worse than hellbent and hellbent at least made me feel something this made me feel nothing which sums up this whole era i feel nothing this feels disrespectful to hartnell he was and is the first doctor now that has been taken away from him 
Not to mention Gallifrey is not the Doctor's home planet anymore. The companions I feel nothing for. I do think it would have been better if one of the companions had died or been converted. Maybe I expect too much from this show. I don't know. I'm going to watch the rest of the Chibnall era, but I've stopped caring. Maybe when Jodie regenerates or Chibnall leaves, I might care again. I give it zilch. Zero Time Lord side men out of ten. At least we have the Daleks next. That cliffhanger with the Jadoon is just setting it up and saving it for later, and I'm so tired of that. See ya. My word. Crikey, Sammy. Moses. Wow. Wow, I'm, I'm really, sh- I'm speechless. I'm, I'm absolutely speechless. A zero out of ten for the zero. finale. Zero, my gosh. Surprising, surprising. It's one of the stronger episodes wow. of the series. I don't know, oh, Sammy. Sammy not feeling this one at all. Crikey. I'd like... I'd like to think, I know her noisy neighbours have been keeping her up and she not began getting sleep. I'd like to think that after that review, Sammy, you went over and bashed them on the head with a, with a I don't know, banana or so. I don't know, nothing to kill them. Um, but, <laughs> Sammy, I'm, I'm shook. Oh, dear. Sammy, Sammy. Well, it's, here's hoping that the special picks up a bit for you. <laughs> if she's watching. Yeah. But thank you very much for your review, though. Thanks, All of your Sammy. thoughts are obviously awesome, good or bad. So thank you very much. Let's move on. This is Craig Bryce. Hi guys, hope you're well. So sorry I missed last week, uh, but let's get to it. Okay, firstly, Ascension of the Cybermen, uh, the, the uh, setup for the final. Not a bad setup, really. I gave it 7 out of 10. But the Timeless Children, I did like it, but there's one thing I didn't like. We'll get to that in a second. But firstly, I want to say, Jodie Whittaker this week, she was so much better. It just goes to show what some good writing and, you know, cutting out some of the comedy lines does. She's so much better when she's more serious. I didn't mind her this week. She was pretty good. But she was outshined by Sasuke Doan's master. He's brilliant. Um, the companions were good. I did think one of them did need to uh, leave or, or die. But we'll see how that goes in the future. But I did enjoy them. Um, lastly, though, the timeless child plot with the Doctor being the timeless child. I don't like that at all. There's just no need for it. Um, to me, William Hartnell will always be the first Doctor. That just took a wrecking ball to some of the canon, especially in the Big Finish audios and the books. Not a fan of that at all, so it does lose a couple of points for me for that. So, all in all, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Uh, cheers, guys. I'll speak to you next week. Bye. Hmm. Totally agree about Jodie. I, I think that's why I liked her this week, is because um, she's much more serious. I, I hate it when they give her all the silly... Gabbardygook. Yeah, like it's uh, all right having the odd line, but they give her so much, and I think when when she is serious, she's so much better. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, thanks for that, Craig. It's um, yes, and we knew that there would be people that weren't happy with um with the whole Hartnell thing and the regens and stuff. But yeah, yeah, but thanks for your opinion, I do. That's all good. Uh, moving on, Andrew Cuthbert. Hi, Gary and Adam. Andrew from Dundee here. Um, first time sending an audio review as well. Um, yeah. Um. I absolutely loved that episode. It's it's so good, and I'm so relieved to finally see that the the scriptwriters have given some more meat for Jodie to sort of get her teeth into. She's she's got a lot more to work with. She can now show more than just one emotion, and uh, I, I feel like the finale in particular has really given her a chance to to shine as the Doctor. I, I loved it. Um, uh, and of course, her bouncing off uh, the master has been—it's just been phenomenal. Uh, in terms of continuity, it, it didn't really bother me that much that they changed up the sort of idea of the Doctor. I think when a show's been going on for fifty years, um, you need to do that to keep the show fresh and new. Uh, but yeah, um, 
keep keep up the great work with the show and uh yeah goodbye from scotland Hey. Thank you very much. Always love it when we get a new reviewer. A new reviewer on board, yeah. So thank you. Uh, yeah, so um, yeah, I agree. You know, it, it's good that Jodie has, you know, a bit more to work with. And and she was good. She was good this week. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but thank you very much, Andrew from Scotland. That's very cool. Moving on. TARDISNet. I don't think you've sent a review in for a while, so let's see what you've got to say on this one. Hello, Gary and Adam from the Big Blue Box podcast. So, the Timeless Children... I don't know how to feel about a lot of it. I think I liked it and I think I'm okay with some of the retcons and some of the origin changes. I like how they've given more mystery to the Doctor's past and for the Doctor's origins for the first time in a good 50 years since um, before the end of Patrick Troughton. But on the other hand, I'm sort of thinking, does that diminish the Doctor's, um, what we've learned about the Doctor? And does it diminish the impact of the revelations of the war games and overindulge on the Doctor's importance to Gallifreyan society? But I think they might have just about got away with it. My opinion might change, I just don't know. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, well, it's another one of those big, big questions, isn't it? That uh, the war game. See, I don't oh. exactly. That's what I mean. That, that it's going to throw up so many either contradictions or questions you need to ask that you know versus previous sto- storylines and and all that. It, it, it's a massive can of worms, right? So yeah. there are going to, like I said, there are going to be hundreds of them littered throughout all of classic <laughs> Who and modern Who. There's going to be little bits where it's like, well. You know, it contradicts with that and all that stuff. So, yeah, it's an interesting one side, isn't it? It's, um, yeah, but it's going to be fun, though. It's going to be fun over the next few years, you know, figuring that stuff out. So, there we go. From across the pond, Time Lord 0902. Hello, Gary and Adam. It's Time Lord 0902 with my review of The Timeless Children. After last week's episode, I expected a little bit better. I felt that the lone Cyberman was too easily vanquished. Really did not understand the Master's entire plan of cyber time lord breed i also have a bunch of questions that were left unanswered including what is the division what was the entire um setup with brandon because those answers will come next year hopefully as to the whole timeless child thing always remember the master lies who knows if anything that happened in the matrix is truth or fiction so i'm taking a wait and see attitude on that I did find the story well paced and the acting was very good so, on a whole, I do give the story, this episode, I should say, a 7.5 out of 10. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Cheers. Cheers indeed. Cheers indeed. Mm. 7.5. Not, yeah, not I, know that, uh, I know that you've not been a fan up to now, Time Lord, so uh, that's pretty good. I yeah, think, yeah, I must admit, I was a bit worried. I thought, oh, well, is he going to like it? Yeah. Yeah. No, mm. thank you very much, that dude. Uh, last for you to get through. This is Alex Kingdom. Hello, Gary and Adam of the Big Blue Box podcast. Now, what the? F- no, again, you you told me that you didn't want to use the sensor <laughs> button. I stopped myself again. Almost did, though, because what on actual earth was that episode? I don't even understand. How can I condense this in a minute? Um, here's the cliff notes, I guess. Sasha Dewan is the best thing to happen to Doctor Who in a very, very long time. Jodie Whittaker is fantastic. 
the companions had nothing to do. Apart from that, though, I loved it. I loved the Timeless Child twist. I think it works because it doesn't affect canon. That is important to me. And I think it works really well. And I think it was the best ever Doctor Who's looked. Uh, I'm not all that peed off. I could be a lot more peed off, but I'm not. So I have to say Thomas Child is the best finale and a real, like Gary said, Doctor Who needed a kick up the bum uh, last week. And I think it got it with the Timeless Child. I want to give the Timeless Child a 9 out of 10. Whew, I really hope you guys enjoyed it. If you didn't, I'm sorry. I apologise. Um, but yeah, oh, ooh, this is the most I've been excited for Doctor Who in ages. Um, and yeah, I really hope they didn't kill off Sasha the One, and I wouldn't mind seeing those Cybermen back again, but I feel like we're not going to see them. Anyway, lads, have a good rest of the show, and I'll see you guys soon. <laughs> language, Timothy. Alex. <laughs> yeah, I know his name's Alex, but language to... Oh, sorry, yeah, Timothy. It's, yeah. A, it's an old one. Anyway, no, he'll be too young to know that quote. Timothy. Um, Timothy? Um, he's just reminding me as well, I knew there was something I wanted to say in the review, and he was talking about the look of the show. Um, and the reason I want to say this because I know you'll know that shot of the um, Gallifrey being built in stages oh, that's was amazing. Yeah. And I, you'll you must know how they did that. Is that just like because it almost was a bit like I imagine they <laughs> that's how they actually do the graphics anyway. They were just it was just amazing shot. Yeah, it was it was meant to look like it was sort of stop motion, stop motion animation. Yeah, yeah but also it was done digitally. Oh, but it looked beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, very very nice. Yeah. Uh, cheers, Alex. I'm glad you're Thanks, excited Alex. for who as well. It's all good, dude. Uh, Martin Arnold, what do you have to say about this one? Well, that happened. That was exhausting. That was confusing. There was a lot of very, very good stuff in that. The production values were absolutely superb, but I don't think it was done well enough. Um, if they had spread out the whole timeless child thing a bit more throughout the season, rather than try and have the the master being that whole island sequence to the doctor in a way that wasn't explained. Um, that would have made more sense because that's what he was trying to do. Ruth still don't know what's going on there. Or maybe I've missed something. Um, the doctor was out of it for far too long. And the rest of the story was, I think far too dark. I, I just, it needed more levity. Um, the cyber time Lords looked silly. It, that didn't work for me at all. The master had some great moments that the apprentice line was very funny. But on the whole, I just, I was lost. And that, I think, spoilt it for me, really. Decent, average, but not not the exhilarating end to a really good season I'd hoped it would be. Cheers. Oh, dear. Mm. Another not-so-good one. I could be wrong, but didn't Martin um, really enjoy the first part? He did, I think. Yeah, I think he. Did. I think you did, didn't you, Mark? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, it is a shame, dude. Uh, we got the special coming up, so yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Like last review, George Puddy. So the timeless children. I'm not gonna beat around the bush here. I hated this episode. The worst episode in Doctor Who's history. Yeah, I think I owe Hellbent an apology. To be honest, I hate everything to do with the timeless child. I hate that the Doctor is the be all and end all of the universe. I just wish. I just long for the days when the Doctor was just some Gallifreyan who just left just because he was bored. No, the Doctor's the be all end all of the universe. Who actually gave the timeless their ability to regenerate now? There was billions upon billions of regenerations before Hartnell. Terrific. And I, the Doctor can infinitely regenerate. 
Now, I hate this because it actually makes Doctor Who episodes of the past worse. Just think of the time of the Doctor. The drama in that episode of the Doctor dying, thinking it's his last life, yet choosing to defend the town of Christmas anyway. Nope, because he could regenerate the whole time. Brilliant. And also, you take the the timeless child away. And this episode is still awful as a conclusion. The side men are wasted. They have nothing to do and are destroyed in such a such a meaningless way. And their plan to turn themselves into robots, that's not the side men. They just become patsies for the master again. You built up Ashad's character, but he's just disposed completely. The cyber masters were pretty interesting, but they're disposed as well. Sasha Dewan is superb and he really tries. He really tries to make this episode good, but it can't. It truly can't. It's awful as a finale, and it's awful as an episode of Doctor Who. It takes away something away from the character of the Doctor, and takes away from previous episodes of the show. No other episode is like that, and therefore it's the worst episode in the history of Doctor Who. One out of ten. Sorry for my negativity, guys, but this episode just angered me. Crikey. Crikey. George, I mean, George, that's you know, it's absolutely fair enough, actually. I mean, when you, you make very good points, mate, I, I do understand why you feel like that. I mean, I know my opinion of the episode is a hundred, is a lot different to yours, but I do, I'm sitting here nodding and thinking, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's true. And, oh, the conflict of this episode. Chibbers. Yeah, it's, um. well, we know it was going to happen, dude. I know. It was like lobbing a live hand grenade <laughs> into a bunch of hoop fans. If, if uh, George has made it this far in the review, it have just have been swearing at us the whole time. <laughs> no, <laughs> wrong. Oh, but, dear. Oh, I know, but I, I hear you, George. I do. Definitely hear you, mate. And it's, uh, it's great to have your opinion on that stuff because it's not that we disagree at all. can completely see what you're saying mm. and in regards to the Doctor's character and all that stuff. So, um. Yeah, but thank you so much, guys, for taking the time to uh, send in your reviews and all that stuff. It's great. So uh, we had quite a few over on Twitter and Facebook, so I'm not going to read them all out. I'm just going to whiz through these very quickly because we've waffled on for for quite a long time now. So um, Andrew uh, Cuthbert, I think, uh, is on Twitter as well. So that was a solid 10 out of 10. Uh, Sam Dooley uh, says, I know I'll get hate, but someone who was happy with last week who gave it a seven. I'm just going to keep this short and sweet. I absolutely hated every single ep- single of every single second of this episode. Oh, uh, zero out of 10. Oh mm. dear. Uh, yeah. Thomas Meehan. I loved it. Um, and it aired on his birthday. So what a treat. Nice one. Uh, Jamie Aspinall. I liked it, but I'd rather have William Hartner was the first 7.5. Uh, one of our writers, Jordan Shortman. I certainly liked it, but wasn't a big fan. I don't like the doctor being the timeless child. Uh, Loopy Lou, my main thought after that epic finale was this is the best thing ever to happen in the history of the show. Bringing back the mystery of the Doctor makes her all the more special. Uh, Craig Matteo, bad mix between Hellbent and Death in Heaven. Didn't enjoy this one. Gives it a 5.5. Marco Marco Bricks UK, uh, it was a heavy episode, but that's modern who. Uh, The master was absolutely amazing. The stakes so high. Um, Probably the best acting I'll see from Jodie. A 9 out of 10. David Glad, the episode was awesome. 9 out of 10. John Griffiths, 7.5 out of 10. Zombie Who, 7 out of 10. Uh, Sebling, DW Sebling, enjoyed it a lot. I love the master. I think he's outshone the Doctor in this one, though. Um, uh, a strong series finale, nonetheless. Uh, Joe Bowers, 7 out of 10. Uh, Adam, the ultimate Whovian. 
gives it uh, still wrapping my head around most of it. The episode summed up as the timeless mind warp. <laughs> um, uh, Samajet says one of the, f- one of my favorite finales. Uh, I needed to sit with the doctor equals timeless child bit. Uh, but in the end, um, I like what it does to the character's mythos. Uh, Reese uh, gives it a 10 out of 10. Edward Gillooly, a 7.5. Davros, a 7 out of 10. Nick H, an 8 out of 10. Matt Holder, an 8 out of 10. And Gallifrey, Forever 97. Uh, Reese says, delivered on its promises of changing things forever. It was epic in both scale and emotion. And over on Facebook, um, who do we have on here? Matt Searson gives it a 9 out of 10. Jeff Worrell, best three episode run since it came back. Wow. The Cybermen have never been better. The Master has never been more bonkers. And uh, and Jodie Gay performance equal to anyone who has ever been given. Wow, Charlie Turner. Uh, pretty good, even if the Cybermen were rather sidelined. Goes on to give it an 8.5. Millie McKenzie, a 9 out of 10. Daniel Hickey gives it a 10 out of 10. Uh, Caitlin Phoebe Gardner gives it a 10 out of 10 as well. Gordon Hudson. 10. Yeah, Gordon Hudson. Uh, I think... It, what. Uh, what it shows if you fiddle Gallifrey as much as you like it doesn't really affect the core of Doctor Who which is the Doctor and Companions going on adventures in the TARDIS mm, very true uh, Jessica yeah. Laffelman a 9.5 Leslie Shergold an 8 uh, Colin Keary a 9 out of 10 Miles McKenzie an 8 out of 10 Harry Walker a question mark because he's not sure how he feels about the timeless child stuff fair enough Ryan McGiven how you doing dude uh, difficult one I did I did really like it, but didn't like the idea of Time Lords being killed off again. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Mark Mooney, a seven. Thomas Richard, an eight. Chloe Anderson, a 6.5. Kevin Mullen gives it infinity out of 10, a glorious masterpiece. And Danny Brown gives it a wow, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Mm. Crikey. Yeah, I would normally go through and read these in detail, but this podcast was going on for so long and you guys on force as usual gave us all your reviews which is cool um but if you connect with, with us over on the socials um you can just interact and read all these and uh and give us your thoughts as well but thank you everybody who's sending your audio clips and took the time to jump on twitter and facebook that's uh that's awesome stuff um indeed next week dude what are we up to next week so next week yeah something a bit different we're going to be taking a look back at series 12 highlights things that did work things that didn't work thoughts on everything basically that we've had this series and where we think uh series 13 is going to go after this um so yeah a bit of a recap next week just um comparing to series 11 all that sort of stuff just just chewing it over chewing over the fact of what we've just been through in series 12 indeedy yes so uh that'd be cool to have you on board for next week until then i think we're going to wrap there dude for 258 okay thank you thank you thank you so much for sticking around for quite a long old show this week but as expected we had lots to talk through a bit of a bombshell that they dropped on us on sunday night so warranted plenty of discussion and stuff and uh yeah let us know if you pick up any of the corgi branded doctor who clothing get that on insta and all that i'd love to see uh your uh very expensive socks and sweatshirts and stuff so yeah let us know if you pick up any of that stuff uh, and also pre-order the master book that's coming later on in July that looks like a brilliant read uh, yes so that's going to do for 258 thank you again so much for all your reviews and your thoughts and stuff love it when you guys give us your opinions good or bad it what makes up 
makes uh, Doctor Who fandom so so cool. In the meantime, until next week, head over to the website www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all of our shows on there. Plus, you can link off to all of the various podcast networks and apps. So give us a subscribe over there. You won't miss a show when they land every single Friday. Uh, And if you've got a minute to give us a review or a rating, that would be awesome because that really helps us lots and lots. We're also on the socials, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Give us a like and a follow there so we can chat with you guys about Doctor Who during the week. And we're also on YouTube now. We're doing weekly live streams, which is all good. So just uh, do a search for the Big Blue Box Podcast TV, I think we call it, over on YouTube. Give us a sub there and you can join in on the live streams, which is all good and fun. Remember to check out Adam's channel over on YouTube as well, The Geek's Handbag. We've got videos rolling again over there, which is awesome. Indeed. So (laughs) if if you've got anything from five minutes to a load of hours to spare, there are a lot worse things you can do than chill out on Adam's channel. Loads and loads of good videos over there. And Adam's also on the socials as well, under the same name, The Geek's Handbag. Uh, Go and give him a like and a follow, because he also posts lots of stuff around Doctor Who and whatnot and general geekery throughout the week so I do go and do that until next week for episode 259 my name's Gary my name's Adam and remember uh, uh.